and welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who gets easily terrified and is a way bigger scaredy cat than I am, Josh Borboni. How are you doing this evening? Uh, I'm terrified. I'm spooked to my roots. Uh, uh, I'm more scared than I thought I would be in the situation you're talking about. Uh, but I'm good. I'm good. Otherwise. Good. Good to hear, sir. Good to hear. Sir. I would say, I feel like when we've done these shows for the last few months, uh, every time I've asked how you've, how things are going, like good has rarely been the answer. Oh, I'm just, it's not really good. I just, it's just <laughs> oh, no. easier to say that. No. <laughs> it's easier to say good. Well, I'm sorry that things are not still are not better. That's unfortunate. It's okay. That's life, man. Right. I, uh, <clears throat> before we kind of jump into <laughs> life updates and all that good stuff, I actually was just, uh, I've been, um, reading and listening, um, to this, all this, and people are going to be like, oh, this is so like, you know, hippie stuff but Uh-oh. um i've been like doing a lot of research and reading and stuff on this idea of anti-fragility are you familiar with this concept i could probably guess what it is by its title <laughs> well it's interesting because it is actually something in like positive psychology it's like an actual legitimate thing but it really does look at how do you um take challenging situations and like use them to build up your ability to handle other challenging situations in the future sure. and and the example they always use right is like obviously like when you go to the gym and you lift weights it like breaks down your muscles but they come back stronger right like that's kind of what they do and there are ways that you can do this like with your brain and like things that can happen there uh but one of the super like interesting things i've learned while like reading about this is this like idea of like the paradox of happiness and the paradox of choice yeah in the sense of like if you identify happiness as something that you strive for, like that you think being happy is important, you're actually less likely to be happy. Right, because you're, you're never going to get that idea of you're happy, what you think is happy. Right. So like there, there, it's this really weird thing of like you actually to be happy, you have to be happy by like happenstance. So like, right, yeah. like you have to like yeah. not pursue it to actually get it. Um, so that's one thing I think that's is really fascinating. And the other thing that's fascinating is this like whole – you know, this idea of choice that we have and that we're trying to like always ensure that, oh, we want to give people options and let them like choose and do as many things as they or give them as many things to pick from as they want. Um, but that actually reduces satisfaction. Um, and they've done all these studies where like they'll have like they'll give the option of people to pick between two candy bars. And if they and whichever one they pick, they're like X level of happy. But then if they give them 20 candy bars to pick from, whichever one they pick, they're less happy with that choice than when they only picked from the two. Sure. So it's just this really odd idea of like all these things that we think like, oh, you it's important to pursue happiness and try to be happy. Or it's this idea of like, oh, having choice is so great. Uh, those things actually make us less happy um, and less satisfied in our lives than we would be <laughs> otherwise, which is just kind of bizarre to think of. Yeah. Yeah. And depressing. It is kind of well. I mean, is I mean, it's depressing, maybe, but also maybe it's kind of one of those things that help you, like, oh, well, maybe it's okay if, like, I'm not like giving fewer options is like an okay thing to do, or like when you're like, oh, I want to ensure that, like, 
I'm meeting like everyone's like expectations or the things that they want. So I'm going to like provide like all these different options. Yeah. Uh, that actually might be like less great for everyone. So if you just gave a couple options, it's less stressful for you. Everyone's probably going to be more happy with the choices that they have. Um, yeah. And it makes life easier, actually. Okay. So there you go, oh, yeah. Josh. That's, that's what I've been, you know, when I've been supposed to be reading about other things for like my dissertation in class, I've been reading about these things because, you know, <laughs> that's what I do. But other than that, Josh, <laughs> how are things since we last did a podcast? Like the holidays have happened. We started a new year. Like how 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 has everything been going, man? Have we not talked since Christmas? We well, I mean, have. we have, but we have not on the podcast. All oh, right, right, right. That seems so weird to me. Isn't that bizarre to think of? I feel that doesn't seem right, but yes, I I don't not believe you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's true. Uh, things have been uh, things have been okay. You know, there's been ups and downs. Nothing, uh, nothing crazy to report. Uh, just living life and punching the clock and coming home. So it's getting a yeah. little. I've been in a little rut. I would say in the past couple of weeks which will reflect in my gaming, <laughs> which was what I have written down. But um, just kind of an in general rut. Been there before. I'll, I'll be in it again at some point. Uh, just need to push through and, you know, work through it. Yeah. It's interesting because though I have kind of a lot of things like on my list of things I've played, um, other than, you know, obviously like Prince of Persia Lost Crown, which obviously more recently came out, I haven't really played other than one thing we'll talk about. I really haven't played games since like the very, very beginning of January. Like I really just haven't been and I think it includes board games. Like I really yeah. also have kind of been transitioned into this year and I've actually been watching like way more movies and television and playing like way fewer games. Um, so I, 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 I hear you there. I feel you there. I kind of, I don't know. I feel like I've been missing out on, other things that I've wanted to like watch or participate in or do. Yeah. Um, so it just it means I've done a lot less with games for the last month, though. Granted, we're going to have plenty to talk about later. But um, yeah, I've watched a ton of movies in the last like three weeks. I've been it's been really That's great. Good. Yeah. I mean, now I've back to classes, so I've been reading again a ton. But yeah. pr prior to that, it was it was awesome. I was watching so many movies and catching up on shows and it was great. I, I felt really behind on all that stuff and not in a oh, I need to be part of the conversation, but just these things I've kind of been wanting to see that I just haven't taken the time to do yet. So, but yeah. So other than uh ruts there, Josh, anything, anything else, any, any good, well, we'll take the time now. I know we'll talk about it later. Have you watched any movies or any television or anything in that area that's made you happy recently? Uh, you know, I'll talk about a TV show at the end. Um, I haven't, I I want to make more time for movies and I just also same thing like I just need to set that time aside. I'm watching like YouTube for three, four hours. I should not be doing that. Like it's just like I'm like I'm laying down. I don't want to put the effort into yeah. commit to something. So right. my body's just like, oh yeah, that three minutes went by quick. Let's watch another, you know, let's watch a 15 minute video now. <laughs> and really what I should be doing is uh going like okay i need to sit down and watch the latest mission impossible i still haven't seen it i need to watch it i, I still haven't watched guardians volume three which is insane to me that i like i can't understand how i have not done that well i know the reason why i have to wait for my wife to uh, watch it but at this point i'm just gonna watch it twice now uh, 
I still haven't watched the last James Bond. Like, there's a lot of things I know I have that I want to watch mm-hmm. that I need to watch. I just need to uh, be like, yep, stop. No more. You know, we got our YouTube up for the day. Let's pop mm. a movie on for the last two hours of the night. So I'm going to try to get better at that. That's probably like something I really, because I want to do it. It's not like I feel like I have to. Yeah. But like, I'm only letting myself down by not doing it. So, yeah. I hear you there. It is amazing. And obviously, you know, the research is all out there about how this works. But it is amazing if you start just watching like a YouTube video, how suddenly a YouTube video becomes like six YouTube videos. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) I I agree with that sentiment, which is I've contemplated. I haven't done it yet. I've contemplated taking YouTube off my phone because I don't sit at my computer very often. Right. So or if I am sitting at my computer, it's usually for a purpose. Uh, so I figured I was wondering, I was like, maybe if I do that, I will reduce uh, the number of like random YouTube videos and things like that that I'm watching and and be a little bit more intentional about things. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, hey, we have a, a whole bunch of fun stuff to talk about. So let's go ahead, jump into the show as we usually do. Thanks so much for joining us this month, everyone. As always. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Send any feedback, questions, or suggested topics to at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all of the awesome stuff um, over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We are proud to be part of the Place and Video Games Podcast family, and we encourage you to check out all the shows like the PSVG Podcast, the Nintendo Shack, PSXP. You never know when a new show might pop up, so be sure to stay tuned to all of your favorite PSVG podcasts to stay up to date. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. Uh, Before we jump into what we've been playing, though, Josh, I want to float something to you here and see what your thoughts are on this idea for show format going forward. Sure. And listener, I've not prepped Josh for this. I'm just going to ask him this. We're going to see what happens. So traditionally, obviously, we talk about what we've been playing, and then we have some like board game like news topics from the last month and some video game news topics for the, from the last month. Happy to continue to do that if you want to. But what if, and I thought about this because actually it was from the Discord when you had mentioned that um, Dead of Winter was my favorite board game. I don't know if that's true anymore. Oh. So what do you think about like maybe in February and in March doing our traditional what we've been playing, but then yeah. doing like one month we do like our top board games of all time and then yeah. another one we do are like our top video games of all time i'm okay with that i have i have um uh, i didn't talk to you about it yet but uh we could potentially have danny back on next month or in march as well i uh, reached out to her oh okay well then um, we could do those whatever month danny's not gonna be here because she's cool and we need to make time for her so yeah i'm sure she has a top 10 favorites too if we wanted to get her in on one of those or something but yeah um I'm, you know, I like to mix it up. So yeah. let's let's, uh, let's mix it up. Part of it was I was, you know, I was thinking about it because I was like, you know, if traditionally, if anyone's asked me what my favorite board game is, I've always said Dead of Winter. But then when you wrote that, I was like, oh, which is totally accurate from everything I've ever said. I was like, man, yeah. I don't know if that's true anymore. Like, I just haven't thought about it in a while. Yeah. Um, and I was I was putting together like all of like <laughs> the the news stuff. I was like, man, I don't know if talking about like news that happened like three weeks ago is really all that impactful. Like sure. sometimes it is, depending on what the news is. Yeah. But a lot of times it's not probably a huge, huge deal. But anyway, so just something to consider. We'll talk more about it. But I just wanted to. Yeah, no, I there. was thinking about our list the other day too about how we haven't really added to our our 
or video game and board game lists. So I'm, I'm all up for that. Yeah. We're I doing this for those. ourselves, right? So, yeah, right. If, you know, that's yeah, all that I, matters. I do still have those. And I guess we've never talked about this either. Wow. We're just kind of like throwing the show format out, out the window right now. But my, you know, I'm halfway done with my doctoral program. So theoretically, my assumption was, and maybe we should have talked about this, is that whenever I'm done with that, we'd go back to recording more often, weekly, whatever we wanted to. Yeah. Um. So I was kind of that's, saving those things for like those times. When yeah, we're that's fine too. Absolutely. But no, but hey, I'm just saying like, it's not like, I haven't totally forgotten about them. I was just like, well, that's when we used to do them. That's when we recorded yeah. more often. So. Yep. But all that aside, let's talk about some of the things that we have been playing. Uh, sure. Josh, what, sir, have you been playing recently? And if we have duplicates, why don't we talk about them together? Sure, sure. Well, I didn't put a lot on my list, and I wasn't even thinking the bigger month picture. Um, I don't even remember what I played at the beginning of this month. But um, um, I'll do like some quick hits that I didn't put on my list, games that I am playing or have dabbled in. Just like to kill some time. Um, I will say I'm teaching my son chess, so that's been fun. Ooh, how, uh, are you like? Are you using any like tutorials, or are you just teaching him what you know? Well, so right now we're using apps, um, okay. and they they pretty much before we started with like a kid's chess where it was like animated, um, and now we're on a chess chess, but it shows your piece availability like mm-hmm. for movement, um, and I think. Um, I remembered I have Clubhouse games on the Switch, so I'm going to download that oh. again. And we'll teach him some other games too, like Checkers and, and Mancala and stuff like that. But uh, I think you know, his birthday is in March, so I think I'll get him, I'm will get. i going to get him a chess board in March. Oh, very cool. Because uh, he is interested, which is nice. Have we he talked does call about- pawns porns, though, which is problematic in public. <laughs> <laughs> have we talked about... Uh- I know we've talked about like we talked about chess, but not like all the cheating controversy was happening. Yeah, I learned the other day though, and I don't think we've talked about this that like Stockfish and the other like chess like AI softwares. Yeah, once it gets down to seven pieces on the board, it can tell you with one hundred percent certainty the result of the game. Wow, isn't that crazy? I mean, that's pretty impressive for so, sure. <laughs> so bizarre. Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. Um. So yeah, oh the quick hits. So yeah, I've been playing like Dwarf Romantic and on the Steam Deck a little bit. Um, I can I keep play Speedstorm, Disney Speedstorm a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, FIFA, uh, you know, kind of like those things that are sitting on the hard drive. Yeah, uh, I did start Evil West uh, on PlayStation, which uh, I didn't get to play more than like twenty minutes of. Okay, because the kiddo, I don't remember why. I think maybe, oh, it was in the morning. So my son came in the living room and I had to turn it off like pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, gotcha. Yeah, it's not a kid friendly game for not sure. Kid is friendly. Um, that being said, uh, I started playing Pal World because it's free to try. Um, yeah, and everyone's playing it. So, and everyone's playing it. I actually like it. Um, okay. Surprising. I'm not a big fan of the survival game genre it certainly is um it would be way more fun with friends it's gotcha it's playing by myself it's it's pretty tedious Mm -hmm. like just like breaking down stone and like it's not like in this one you're throwing if you throw uh 
a ball to catch a pal and you miss, like that's a lot of resources you just lost. It's not right. like finding a pack of pokeballs in a <laughs> in a chest somewhere. So, and that's a lot of legwork to go back and craft those things again. So, I don't know how long I'll be playing it, but mm-hmm. um, I have been playing it here and there. Are you casually. playing on PC or on Xbox? On Xbox. Gotcha. How is like the performance and everything been? Because I've Sounds heard great. it's okay. Okay, cool. Because I've heard yeah. it's really good on PC, but Xbox is like a couple patches behind or something. It is a couple patches behind, so it doesn't have some. I guess there's some improvements on the pa- on the PC patch yeah. that let it make it run smoother and have less hiccups. But I haven't been anywhere where I would experience any frame rate drops yet. Gotcha. Okay. Good. Um, so so far so good. Should I play it? <clears throat> um. You should at least try it. It's free to okay. try. Uh, it, you'll know pretty quickly if you're if I find the the building to be easier than most of the survival games, um, and the and the pals help you once you f f after you get your camp set up. Your captured creatures will actually help you uh, break down stone. And wood right. too. So, if you build your camp in an area that has a good amount of resources, you have to do less work, right? Which is nice. Okay. So it has that been... like Warcrafty feel to it. Okay. Yeah, because I've never been a huge survival game fan Same. by myself, at least. Yeah. Like Flame of the Flood or Don't Starve. Like I like playing those with other people. Uh, well, Flame of the Flood, I guess, was single player, but I, that one I like. Conceptually, I was like, "This is cool," but like, I, I didn't love the game because I'm just not a big survival game person. I guess Cult of the Lamb. There's a little bit of that in there. Of not as much so. Not as much though. It's much more. Yeah. yeah. And in there, I was okay with it. But I, if it's much more advanced than that, I'm usually not a big fan of survival stuff. Yeah. Yep. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you want to check it out, if you want to play co-op, let me know. Because I mean, I, I would be willing to do that, but uh, just to get your feet wet. Uh, but yeah, it's there. It's out there. People are playing it. I enjoy watching people play it. So I was like, I should try it at least. Uh, I'm excited to see, oops, that, uh, you finished this game. Yeah. Um, I have played more of Immortals of Avium. Yeah. And I still really enjoy it from what I've been playing. Um, but again, only a few hours here and there. I just I just really had to sit down and be like, this is I need to I just don't feel it. You know. Yeah. No, I get I get you. I'm in it. But uh why don't you tell me about your experience? Yeah, so I, I completed Immortals of Avium, which, you know, had you asked me eight weeks ago if Immortals of Avium would be a game I would have finished, I probably would have told you no. <laughs> uh and you know, I, I have some nits with it, but I do think that while it definitely is shooting for this like triple a magic shooter first person shooter type thing and there are some things that don't always feel great about it and but i don't know i just feel like the game really got um overlooked for the how quality it is overall um for the voice acting overall i think is really good the characters for the most part i really like there's a couple characters that i i I think find really endearing i found really endearing I think the story is reasonably interesting for what they're yeah. trying to do. Like there's some interesting like twists on it and even how the game ends. You're like, 
oh, okay, like there was a very clear path you could have taken and you took mostly that path, but you made a yeah. couple of like different decisions right at the end that make it. I mean, I think there was the assumption that there or there was the desire to maybe do a sequel, which obviously is not going to happen. Right. I can't imagine since they laid off half their studio since no one bought this game <laughs> other than Josh for eight dollars. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but honestly, overall, I really enjoyed my time with it. And maybe it's because my expectations were so low. Yeah. Uh, you know, at towards the end. There was a couple boss fights that got a little more challenging. There was a couple uh, sequences that you really had to be kind of thoughtful about the interactions, about how you're using, like, the different abilities along with the different, like, colored magic that you're doing and kind of, like, weaving that all together, even with, like, your abilities. And they do get to a point where you have, like, a lot of stuff going on at the same time because, like, through your left trigger, you're kind of doing your special abilities. And then you, if you hold down, like, the R1, you can do, like, other special abilities. And then you're cycling through all of your different color magic and... You can get out. You can upgrade them, and you have different. Um, I don't know lances or whatever yeah. that like do the magic in different ways. So like your red is kind of always your shotgun, but some of it is like shotgun, and some of it's like shotgun. Right. You know, like right. it just depends, right? And so yeah. you got to kind of feel like what's right for you and all of those things. And then in addition to having like the kind of i don't even remember what they're called i finished this like maybe right at the end of the december or very beginning of january so i'm forgetting about what a couple things are called but you know how they had like the little portals you could go into like to gain like extra health and stuff if you completed them they also have those that are, are like just straight up like optional bosses that you can go in that are like super challenging like i went into one and like i was hitting the boss i was like not even moving their health bar like nothing was happening and i was like well i'm clearly slightly under leveled for this situation (laughs) let's come back to this later um but yeah honestly pretty fun there's a lot of exploring you can do in the world once the game ends there's still a ton of things i could have gone back and did um but i was pretty happy with what i had done i didn't feel this compelling desire to go back but you know if you could find it especially inexpensively they've said pretty openly that they're working to get this onto game pass and playstation plus and like all that stuff so uh if you're waiting for that to happen which i probably wasn't the brightest thing for them to say come out and say that they're trying to make that happen (laughs) Uh, but if that ever does come to fruition i would encourage you if you enjoy first person shooters uh give it a shot i was pleasantly surprised uh, by my time with immortals of abium nice very cool cool well another game i played that you played is prince of persia uh the last crown which uh we kind of went talked about it a little bit back and forth i didn't really know where i sat with this game um and i'm happy to say it's more dead cells than uh, for me which is a good thing than it is other retrovenias so i do like it i i am having fun with it uh and i feel like uh, whatever it is, whatever that formula is that Dead Cells, Dead Cells has uh, other games don't that are in the same genre, like yeah. this one has it. So uh, I just, uh, I'm not sure what that is for me. <laughs> um, gotcha. uh, I do, uh, I like the controls. I like mm-hmm. the challenging enemies. Um, the boss fights are, have been pretty fun and, and challenging and entertaining. Yeah. And uh, I do appreciate the sometimes you go off the beaten path and sometimes that beaten path beats you up. <laughs> yes, uh, it does. Which I do like that too because it kind of um, teaches you like there is definitely uh, uh, positives and negatives to exploring more mm-hmm. than you might want to. Um, I got put in jail at one point 
uh, which yeah. was surprising to me. Um, yeah. And then I, <laughs> I died in, when I was in this middle area of this map, and but it brought me back to the last like save area, so I couldn't even get back to where I was to finish like going yeah. through the areas. I was, in. I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, the story is interesting. I like that there's these immortals similar to immortals of avium like Mm -hmm. group that all like work together kind of like the eternals i guess but way better than the eternals so far um so yeah i'm having fun with it how many if you you had to guess like how many hours in are you would you say i don't know um i got what did i just get i got a new ability Shoot, I you know I did remember where I stopped, and now I'm forgetting. Okay, I don't uh, think oh, I got be- I got the bow back to well, not back to. I met the person whose bow. Okay, I so you got the bow. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So I'm quite a bit further. I'm probably eight hours in, maybe okay. ten hours in. Um, and I I am pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoy this game. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with Metroidvanias. Like, Metroid Dread I, I liked, but there were parts of it that were really frustrating to me. Yeah. And so far, for Prince of Persia the Lost Crown, I overall, most of those things have been taken care of. There have been a couple times where, like, so one of the things that they'll do in the game is as you're working your way through the map, you'll know you're close to a save point because you'll see, like, these gold, like, little, like, wisps, like, telling you kind of where to go to get to the tree to save. Like, I've gotten to the point where, like, I have gotten to those things and then died before I got to the tree. And then you have to go, like, way back to the one you were at previously. And you're just like, uh, and some of the times they're, like, really close together. And sometimes they're not at all close together. So it really, it seems really inconsistent about that. And I get a little bit annoyed at the fact that, like, and I don't even know if you've unlocked this yet. So sorry for spoilers if you haven't. But, like, you can't fast travel between all of them. There are only certain ones you can fast travel between. And that yeah. just is very annoying to me. <laughs> so, um, especially when you, like, look at the map and you're like, okay, here's where I am. I know I have to generally go, like, that direction. Uh, but I don't know how far that direction I need to go. So is it worth me if I could fast travel to that tree that's, like, way over there? That'd be great. Um, are you playing in the guided mode or the non-guided mode? The guided mode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've gone back and forth between the two. The guided boat really isn't that much more of a guide. I was going to say, I don't see a lot of help with it. (laughs) Like, because literally all the guide does is like, if you look at your map, it'll put a spot where you need to go to like, but there's no, yeah, it's just like, you know, a part of the map that you haven't been to at all. So it's just like black Black. and it's just like a spot. You're like, well, I generally have to go east, which is what that person just told me. So that really isn't that helpful, but thank you. Um, So there is a guided mode, but it's not that guided. Um, but overall, I, like you said, I think the combat is fun. It is the combat is challenging enough that I can't, I have to think about it. Like every time I'm in combat, I can't just like breeze through things because you can even like normal enemies can kill you if you try to do that because they hit hard. They're usually is pretty easy to parry and dodge and things like that. But if you just try to go in and like no brain it, like you can just make a mistake and get absolutely worked, especially if there's like two or three of them. Yeah. Um, so I do appreciate that. The bosses have been pretty cool, like you said, and fun. And they are usually like really big and cool looking, which is awesome. Uh, the platforming is tight and cha- reasonably challenging, but not like unfairly challenging so far for me, at least. Um, I've gotten, I'm a little bit further than you are. So I have a few more abilities as far as that goes. So I think kind of the abilities and how those work and how those allow you to unlock new areas have been pretty neat. 
Um, the idea too that like, oh, I know a lot of people have talked about how you can like take pictures on the map um, and leave them there so you know like what to go back to, which yeah, is cool. That is cool. Um, they also you can also leave like um, uh, icons on the map too if you want to. So that's like another really easy way for you to kind of take some of those rough edges that are, are sometimes Metroidvanias. I, I do the one thing I don't know if I should do, and maybe I should ask someone who's watched further or look it up. I don't know how hard I should just be trying to mainline this and how long hard I should be exploring. Right. right? Like I have like almost no upgrades for anything and I, I keep going. I don't know if I'm supposed to stop <laughs> sure. and start upgrade. Like I've never upgraded my weapons. Yeah. Never. I like I've upgraded my like amulet. Like I can, I've had like one have extra amulet items. I can carry. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I'm like, I don't know if I should be exploring more and trying to find more of these things to upgrade these things. I haven't, and I haven't really hit a wall yet. So maybe I'll just keep going. I don't know. But that's the one thing I, I worry about is that I'm going to eventually get to a point where it's like, okay, you've been fine, but now you're going to like just go like run and explore for like three hours to like yeah. get enough upgrading. You know, that's the only thing I don't really know about. But overall, pretty happy with it. I think this is going to sound bad because especially with all the other things we're about to talk to, the price feels slightly steep. Yeah, it's it was way forty dollars. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I agree. I, I feel like thirty, I would have been like no brainer. 40 though i did him and ha about picking this up and i don't know i mean i don't know why there's plenty of gameplay here i'm having a great time with it i don't know still why i feel like that's slightly more than it should be and then like the special edition with early access was like 50 yeah like i said i, I don't know why that feels like a lot because it, it clearly there's a lot of effort put into this this game is great um so i don't know i'm trying to like talk myself out of feeling that way about this but for whatever reason i can't quite get that out of my 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 head it's still there of like hmm maybe this is like ten dollars more than it should have uh but like i said when i play it like i feel like it's worth every penny it just i don't know it's yeah. weird so anyway but yeah prince persia lost crown i think it's great if you like metrovanias i think people should check it out for sure for sure uh so yeah it leads me to my last game and uh in true board of video games fashion where you're getting to a game five years too late Heck yeah. which is fine <laughs> um so myself, Kyle, Kevin, and Lucas all got together and replayed Phasmophobia for the first time. I don't think it was everyone's first time, but it was my first time. And it was my first it was time Kyle's as well. First time as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, it was gifted to me with the intention of using it in Oculus VR, uh, which... I'm terrified to do. Uh, I tried setting it up through that new Steam Link app on Oculus, and it just wasn't working. Um, so I'm got to troubleshoot that. Uh, but that's okay. I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I just played it on PC first. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, which would be, I'm sure, I'm sure there's people out there that don't know, uh, Phasmophobia is a PC ghost hunting game where. You play paranormal investigators and you're trying to identify what type of spirit is haunting this place that you're at, this location, <clears throat> by using a series of tools like EMF readers, um, uh, thermometers, <laughs> yeah. very uh, good ghost tool, um, spirit boxes, dot, what are they called? Dot something projectors. The dot, yeah, dots projector. It's just dots projector. Okay, I yes, think there's another word that was missing. Yep. Um, among other tools that you can unlock as you play through the game more, um, as you play through, you also unlock more levels. And we played for like three and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Uh, and it was fun, and it was scary, and it was spooky, 
hearing like ghosts make noises in your headphones and because uh, it uses proximity chat, uh, only being able to hear people if they're right next to you um, or hear, hear their faint voice when they're a couple of rooms away. Um, so very good job at setting up the, the atmosphere for the game. Very spooky, especially when the ghosts are hunting. It can be very spooky as well. Or when you're in houses or buildings where your flashlight just doesn't work as good as you think it should. Uh, basically meaning it's useless and you're just walking in pitch black. Um, can be scary as well, especially having to go investigate basements or attics. Uh, but it's fun. How was your experience with phasmophobia? Uh, I, I agree. I think that overall it was a, a really great time. Uh, it is very good at setting mood. Uh, I will, I <clears throat> died a lot, a lot more than I wanted to. And when you <laughs> die, it is very scary. Um, but I think <laughs> this is going to sound really dumb. Uh, I, I was really like, Josh, it was so dark. Like yes, when you didn't have a flashlight, it was so dark. <laughs> and I know that's supposed to be, but goodness gracious, I couldn't see to do like anything a couple times. And obviously it's the balance between taking, you know, the things you need to be able to investigate effectively versus we could have brought a flat and I could have brought a flashlight. Uh, <laughs> But the one thing I just I, I can't believe about this game still, Josh, and let me be clear. Great time, but definitely play it again. Hope to keep playing it with you guys. It was great. This game came out <laughs> in early access in 2020. Yeah. Josh, this game still isn't out. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I know I think this is like a, I think this is like one guy, right? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I I think it's like one dude, but there are so many things that, and this is just what is so fascinating to me about, especially PC gaming and early access games, right? Of like, you will in this game, like when you squat and try to throw things, like just the way things look like when those things are happening are just ridiculous, right? Like it just is so just not, well polished at all but it's still a great time and i think it's that really interesting dichotomy about like how quote unquote much polish needs to go into something and how much is it just no this game is just a fun time right like i don't know that i would ever play this game by myself and Uh, not even because it's scary (laughs) just because there's like nothing there that like there's nothing to really draw this to yeah so i wouldn't even play it with randoms right like yeah i'm only gonna play this with friends when we want to get on and have a little bit of uh, ridiculousness together. But sometimes it is just so interesting to me about like how rustic some games can be, how long games can be in quote unquote early access for. Uh, and it just, yeah. Cause this game was also, I know they, I think that like the studio had like a fire, like there's a whole bunch, they've had some rough times as far as this goes. Uh, but I think this game was supposed to come out on like consoles like last year. And obviously with everything that happened, it got delayed, but, Sure. Could you imagine playing that game, this game on console, and having it be done? <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, but no. Right. You know, it's just, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like I said, that is that is not meant to be like that. The game's not worth it. I think very fair price for what you're getting. Josh was nice enough to gift it to me, so for me, it was even a better price. <laughs> yeah. But just really interesting premise, really unique premise, done in a, a fun way great fun to have you know playing with friends um but yeah i just am so interested sometimes in the differences of like what is successful in pc gaming versus like what is successful in console gaming or would be successful in console gaming um yeah i think it's great i highly recommend it if you have friends 
Um, I can't imagine playing it in VR. So you have fun with that if you <laughs> ever try to do that. Uh, but yeah, Phasmophobia, it was a great time. Um, yeah, we're maybe a little behind the times, but it was still great. So yeah, still fun. And that's it for me. Cool. Um, so for video games, there's only one other game that I, I really started and I haven't finished yet uh, to talk about. Uh, and that is Like a Dragon Gaiden, The Man Who Erased His Name, which is I'm playing on Game Pass on Xbox. And I mm, I really, really want to be someone who likes the Yakuza set slash Like a Dragon series. And in general, I do like it. But it's just so hard. And obviously, the new one just came out. Infinite Wealth just came out. And that's kind of what spurred me to play this. Of like, Obviously, that's also turn-based. And this is still like the, old, the typical beat-em-up style that was previous to 7. But... I was like, okay, this is supposed to be a shorter, like, 10-hour experience. It's on Game Pass. Let me see if I can get into this. And then this game did the same thing that all the other games did that remember made me remember why I usually fall off of these games. Is you're playing, and you're playing, and you're playing, which is great. Number one, the save systems in this game are ridiculous because, like, you'll go, like, so long between being able to save. Um, also, got really annoyed because... Uh, I the game was in quick resume and I came back and quick resume was definitely not there anymore <laughs> and I had lost like an hour of progress which was super annoying because the game hadn't saved because that's the way that game works because <laughs> it only saves like at so at certain points it was super annoying um but every yakuza game and I, and I typically like you know action combat games but when I play these games, I feel like you get introduced to the combat. They kind of walk you through the tutorial of it. You have like these times where you're just beating people up, beating people up, beating people up. And then you get to the first like boss and they're impossible, at least for me. Like the first boss ever like takes so long for me and they feel like this significant spike in challenge. And as soon as that happened in this game, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this happening when I played like kawami and like all like in zero like i just remember this happening and that's where i was like this isn't fun i'm getting my teeth kicked in but like when i was doing combat before when i was doing it before it was so easy yeah that like i probably didn't quote unquote <laughs> learn it right right but now that i'm in a challenge like i haven't had to do it quote unquote right yet and i'm just getting my teeth kicked in yeah and that i was like oh this is always the thing that happens and josh i died so many times that I got the nice little message of like, do you want to drop it to easy? Uh, and I'm like, you know what, jerks, come on now. Yes, please, please, <laughs> Which daddy. I actually didn't. I didn't drop it to easy. I'm like, no, I'm going to figure this out. And I did figure it out. Um, and I got through it. And I, but I just, that's always the thing that for these games, I just am always shocked at like how well they're able to incorporate both a really serious story, but then like really like weird kind of irreverent side content sometimes that happens but yeah just i had to go like i was like oh i'm gonna go you know get some clothes to help buff my stats so of course where did i go josh i went to the sex toy store to do that because of where else would you go to buy clothes to buff your stats you know yeah so yeah it just (laughs) (laughs) it's fun i i don't know that because of prince persia lost crown and now uh grand blue fantasy relink which can start playing tonight I don't know when I'm going to get back to this again. I'm probably like halfway through it, um, but I was really enjoying it. I was having a good time with it. I, I don't know if I will get back to it in the immediacy, um, but if you do have Game Pass, especially, I think it's a really easy recommend. Is there, it's one of those that if you haven't played the other like Yakuza games or like a Dragon games, like you can still get in and generally have an idea of what's going on. It's kind of separate enough that 
you're yes are you gonna be missing out on some things for sure but the story is because of what the story is doing it's self-contained enough that it would still make sense even if you don't know all the background of how they got to that point because just of what the story is doing for that for that game so like a dragon guide and the man who raised his name if you're looking and wondering hmm is yakuza right for me maybe a way that you can check that out um and and yeah so that was good uh, that's it for me on the video game front, but on the board game front, I have three games that I played. Yeah. We'll start in, we'll go reverse here because I know this one for sure you've played. Uh, finally, convinced the partner to get horrified to the table. Nice. Um, have had horrified for quite some time. Have just never really been able to get it to the table, and this just seems appropriate now based on some of the news we're going to talk about in a little bit as well. Um, but horrified is a cooperative game where you and the fellow players. Um, are trying to, you know, take out some of the classic movie monsters as they terrorize a small town. Uh, and you're, the cool thing about it is the different monsters have different ways you need to defeat them and like kind of individual rules. And you get to, another neat thing too, is that you can be really flexible with the difficulty of the game by, if you want to make it really easy going against like one monster or two monsters or three monsters, if you want to, if you really want to ramp up the difficulty. And, you know, they all have, like I said, unique ways that, you have to defeat them. Um, they all have unique ways that they move and attack you and the different things that they do. So even, especially when you're playing in a game where you maybe have three monsters on the board, uh, you have to be really thoughtful of all the different things that can happen. Um, it, this game should not be anywhere near as good as it is. It's so fun. It's really so fun. It has no right to be as good as it is. Um, but, you know, on your turn, you're basically taking four actions. The actions are pretty straightforward. You can move, you can attack, you can kind of do those sorts of things. But it's just really a cool, neat theme, a very friendly um, design in the sense of even if you don't play hobby board games, this is something I think really almost anyone can play. It's not super complex. It's pretty straightforward. A couple of the monsters are a little more complicated, but they they're, they let you know the complexity of them. So if you start with the easier ones, not that they're necessarily easier to defeat, but just how they interact with everything is a little bit more straightforward. Um, I think you can still have a really good time with it. So Horrified, easy, easy recommend. I think it's available at uh most major retailers as well so it's not like you even have to go to like a friendly local game store to get it you could if you wanted to but it is available in just most places it's a pretty affordable game as well um which is awesome so i don't think you know hopefully that shouldn't um turn people off as far as price goes uh but josh i know you love this game as well have you played horrified recently at all Uh, i have played the second uh american monsters is american that monsters called? yeah I think yep yep that's all that's the most recent one i've played um which is it's not as good as horrified but it's more of the same more or less and then i know the god, greek gods and monsters mm-hmm. is out now as well yep um but oh geez it's probably one of the more recent board games i have played considering <laughs> the games I've, like how often i've been playing board games uh, I, re- I really like it a lot I, I agree with you it's a very simple design yet complex enough that it's interesting and fun when you play uh, it reminds me of like when we used to play like arkham horror and traveling to the different locations to do things I like that it's cooperative, so uh, it has a lot going for it. The art's good. The um, missions are good, uh, so I enjoy it. It's a fun game. Yeah. 
it is cool and if you want to like onboard game geek there's a ton of people who have like designed their own monsters that you can like yeah. incorporate into the game if you want to so it's a really it's kind of shocking that like they went on and made like the american monsters and the greek ones like a sub- completely separate standalone games i'm very shocked that they didn't do any expansions like for the game so because it's yeah. so ripe for that it's true it's especially true. ravensburger right they <laughs> well yeah <laughs> you know it seems like you know that they do uh expansions for everything but maybe they see those standalone um games as, as the quote-unquote expansion but it, it is really fun it, i didn't think my partner was gonna like this game and i had a really hard time convincing her that we should play this game uh but then once we did she loved it she thought okay. it was great nice. she thought it was fantastic um, and is definitely like down to play again and talked about like other people we could potentially play it with and um, really was constantly trying to like ramp up and amp up the difficulty of like, let's add more monsters. Let's add more monsters. So, um, yeah, it's great. Uh, really, like I said, I wholehearted recommendation to Horrified. It's, it's pretty wonderful. Awesome. So, uh, another game that we played then is I don't think I talked about this last time because I, I don't think we had played it yet. I think it was set up, but we hadn't played uh, is Dune Imperium. Yeah. So this is a uh, board game based off of, I mean, it is basically now based off the most recent movies that have existed out there. Uh, Dude Imperium uh, is kind of became like a really fast board game favorite in the, in the hobby world. Uh, It's the number seven ranked game on board game geek. Um, So it's, it's a game that I've meant to play for a really long time, but didn't get it until recently. Uh, And it's kind of a interesting Oh boy, deck building worker placement game. It kind of combines both those elements um, where you are each representing a house um, and you're using deck building and some hidden information to try and become one of the great houses um, and kind of overtake the war that is or or survive and win the war that is coming to Arrakis. Uh, So each character has a asymmetrical leader card so you have a special ability that only your leader has um and on your turn you basically have workers you can go send out and those workers are going to give you different resources um and then once you're out of workers the only thing other thing you can do is kind of reveal your remaining cards uh and then you can buy like additional cards and things like that from from the available market um so what's kind of interesting about it is your deck building is the cards that you have are both the way that you deploy your workers because each of your cards have a symbol on them that show where workers can go and they're also how you gain additional resources and additional cards and things like that so it's always kind of this thought process of like okay where am i going to put this like what card do i want to use to send out this worker where do i want to send them out to like what's going to get me resources so that i can um kind of build up my deck but also uh, every round there's a battle that happens so you're both trying to like balance putting workers out to get resources but you also have to get troops to the front to fight in this battle because going through and fighting that battle is how you can most often get victory points and then you also have to try to do certain tasks to earn prestige with other houses which gives you more victory points and the first person like 10 points win so it's not like there's uh-huh. a lot of points to be earned so every decision you make really matters and it's kind of a neat little incorporation of kind of of all of those elements so if somebody's really into deck building they might like this game if someone's really into worker placement they might like this game the one drawback to me for this game and this happens sometimes in when i'm trying to play a game as two player this has the you know vaunted random third player that is like ai'd by the game that the game like determines like what they're going to do and while 
I, I don't always have a problem with that. The reason games in games like this, I sometimes have a challenge is sometimes challenging to me is that what the, what that character does doesn't always make sense, right? Like <laughs> they, the, cause they, you just flip over a card, you do whatever the card tells you to, but like yeah. a, a player would never go there in this situation. Right. And like, but the AI is going, so that's the only like small drawback to me is that sometimes that AI character does things that you're like, why that doesn't make any sense. Uh, there were many, many times where the AI would just like, crush battles because they just like went to places that got like gazillions of troops like over and over again you're like why like why like why are there so many troops it doesn't make any sense um but yeah it, it overall really good game i understand why it's ranked as high as it is um you know if, if you are like i said into deck builders or into worker placement either way this is going to be an option for you it is pretty heavy um it is a pretty heavy game there's some really crunchy decisions you need to make uh you are pretty much always you're going to often feel like you don't have enough resources to to do what you want to um so to, you do have to be really thoughtful about what you're doing but dude imperium easy recommend um really enjoyed it and even though there's combat in it uh, my partner selected as well because she's just not a combat fan so yeah yeah that's good have you played Dude Imperium, Josh? No, I really want to play it. It sounds yeah. like it's right up my alley, too. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Um, the last game we played then was a game that uh, came out in 2022. It had a ton of hype. And I feel like that hype has fallen off pretty hard. It's not something you really hear people talking about too much anymore, I don't think. Um, and that's Vagrant Song. Um, yeah, Vagrant Song is a cooperative story-driven boss battler is kind of the easiest way to talk about it, that uh, you have some a, a story, basically, that you're kind of playing out through this book and that uh, you and the person, other people you're playing with, uh, every game have a different um, boss you are trying to take out who is usually some si- sort of very creepy, ghouly thing. Um, but like, cause like one of them is like the flayed man and like his, his like plastic miniature that he has is like all like this, like flayed skin. I mean, it's pretty, I'm like, I'm like, man, this is like really good at mood setting. Uh, but it is very much kind of like your action point dice rolling combat in some ways game, um, where on your turn you get a, f- you have coins that you distribute to your player card. Each um, player in the game has a, Uh, unique character that they're playing with unique abilities. So again, asymmetrical about what you can do. Um, And you're putting these coins out on your turn to kind of determine what your actions are. Um, And the more coins you put to something, the more powerful that action becomes. So it's kind of a nice that like, if you're like, Oh, I really want to, you know, be able to um, ensure that I am successful while I'm trying to do this thing, you can put more coins to it. So then you can either roll more dice or uh, make sure that the action is going to be a have a higher likelihood of success. Uh, in the game, there's a ton of different things you can do. Every boss that you go up against has different uh, has different rules to it. So it is very finicky in the sense of like you really have to be sure of like okay, on uh, like when I against this boss, when we would hit like this certain threshold, this thing would happen. But against this new boss, that thing doesn't happen. This other thing happens. So you really the rules change 
though the general structure of the game is the same, the rules of what you do in that structure change every single game. Uh, so it is something where you have to kind of be patient as you're playing. You can't rush too fast because you might miss things. Most of the bosses kind of have like two moods to them. And depending on what the mood they're in, uh, depends on what happens on their attack phase. But how they change moods is different from like every boss. So like it's just so many things you got to kind of keep track of as you're going through. Uh, and what is kind of neat about it is after every game, you have this camping part that happens where you can like purchase upgrades and kind of all this other stuff. Because like I said, it is, you know, you're this uh, story that you're going through. But then they have this really neat, mecha- neat mechanism where there's kind of like an in-between card that's like, OK, you've just finished this scenario. Here's this new thing. You all have to vote on what's going to happen. Yeah. And sometimes that like gets you equipment or sometimes that gets you, you know, resources. Sometimes it tells you what the next scenario is going to be. So even though there's, you know, quote unquote, X number of scenarios in the game, it, depending on the path you choose, you're going to miss some of them because you're going to go off on this other adventure. So it does actually add some replayability to it where you're like, OK, well, if we play it again, we remember last time we did that thing. When we played again, we want to go this other direction to see like what other opportunities, what other bosses and things like that we're going to get. Uh, my biggest gripe with the game is both. It's kind of a double-edged sword. They have these really cool plastic um, standees that you use for both your player characters and the big evil, creepy bosses that you're fighting. Yeah, they're really cool. Like these, these huge, thick, chunky plastic like um, standees, but they have double. Each side of them has a piece of film on it that you have to like peel off. Yeah. Getting those things off is like oh. a 10 minute ordeal. <laughs> it uh, takes forever. Like it takes so long to get that stupid stuff off. Uh, that's like literally my biggest complaint of the game is like that. <laughs> it just takes forever to, to do that. But overall, really cool. Like really like the graphic design is great. Like the setting is really neat. It's very unique as far as thing goes. Like I said, it, it's going to be challenging for people who aren't cool with like rules changing basically every time like i said the structure and framework of how you progress through the game is the same but every single game the rules are a little bit different so if that's something you struggle with or if you struggle with like okay we did that wrong how are we going to decide to move forward are we going to pull it back are we just going to move forward from here knowing we're doing it the right way you know for the rest of the time if you're not okay with that um this is going to be tough for you uh I, i i do wonder if there are ways the game could have made that a little more streamlined and not quite as bad because I think in every single game we play, we have played, and I think we played five of the five so far um, games of the campaign. We made mistakes in every single one of them, and in one of them, it was pretty big. Like, because oh, yeah. you you just get to the point where you're like, "Hey, this is our fourth game. This one thing has worked this way for the previous three, right. so we assumed it worked the same, but then it didn't work that." And so <clears> it's just things yeah. like that that make it really challenging. But overall, like I said, I think it's a really fun game. Really different kind of a spin on the cooperative game cool setting cool characters really interesting thoughtful um abilities and and the way that you interact and kind of like the powers of the bosses just really really just oozing style it just got to be okay with being really attentive to the rules yeah um and if you're not probably not a good fit but overall i'm really enjoying it but i think like i think this one might be a little more hit and miss for people um but overall i really enjoy it that's vagrant song nice all right, Josh, that is all of our games, and we're at an hour in, which is about the usual. Normal, cool. yeah. <laughs> so let's jump in, start talking a little bit about some things going on in the board game world. Josh, any of these topics that I have listed here jump out to you at all? Anything you want to talk about? 
Sure, we could talk about Lorcana. Why not, right? <laughs> Feels uh, like we always talk about Lorcana. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like I, I think we've said last time, it's becoming more easy to get. Still, I'm still surprised at the sparsity versus like it's like very on and off. Like one week you can find them everywhere, and then two weeks you can't find them anywhere. Uh, so I was surprised by that. Um, but that doesn't stop Ravensburger from announcing. I mean, they announced their next set a while ago, but we finally have some more details about Into the Inklands. Uh, it's going to be adding a... Uh, it's not a TCG trope because not everyone has it, but it is adding uh, locations to yep. the game, which actually I think falls more to the board game side of it than it does the TCG side. However, uh, that is what's happening. They are adding locations to the game. Um, I think like, I think the card I saw was Pride Lands. And then, of course, they will be adding um, effects to characters and what happens to whoever's at this location. I am still unclear what the benefit of locations is, uh, but I'm sure I'll figure that out with, when more information comes out. <laughs> yeah. Um, we do know that there is another, there'll be two more starter sets, another treasure trove, another uh, gift box set, uh, all at the same price point, um, coming to local game stores on February 23rd. Uh, and then uh, it will hit uh, regular big box stores, Disney store, all that on March 8th. Um. Yeah, I mean they have more plans, so I would say be prepared to hear about the next ones after this one is announced. Um, something that I do think that uh, is interesting that they changed is in the treasure trove. Normally, you get a bunch of packs and some special cards and rules, and uh, you get these like cardboard counters and your things. They're adding dice now, dice counters instead of the cardboard counters, which is nice because a lot of people are just using their own dice anyways. So it's nice that they're throwing that in and incorporating that. Um, uh, this is also going to introduce the Atlantis characters mm -hmm. uh, into the game. And we're also getting more DuckTales stuff as well. And 101 Dalmatians. And 101 Dalmatians. We already have a bunch. Uh, well, not a bunch. We already have a few of the Dalmatians in the, uh, I think, maybe Pongos and Floodborne, which I don't know why Floodborne is a thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we have Cruella and Pongo. We may not have any of the other Dalmatians. I think you're right. So adding more of them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's coming out soon. Get your hands on more Lorcana or get your hands on Lorcana for the first time. Depends. I mean, this is going to be hard to find too for a while. So, yeah. Maybe the new, maybe the last two sets will be easier to get once this set comes out. Any interests? Where are you at with Lorcana? Yeah, so definitely an interest. I do think the locations are uh, an interesting spin. So, from my understanding of how the locations work, is that you play them from your hand like any other card. 
but then you can pay additional ink, which is different for each location, to move your characters to that location. Gotcha. And then they have whatever the bonus typically is going to be for that location. Okay. Um, and they are not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, your locations are yours. Like you, when you put something out, it's not like your opponent can put something on your location or anything like that. So, um, which is kind of neat, like a, just a, a different way to add a more universal buff to cards, you know, in, in some way, shape or form. So that's kind of neat. Uh, I do think that there are some really deep, awesome, deep cuts in this set. As far as like, if you were like a big Disney nerd, uh, like the fact that, you know, you have Milo Thatch and you have uh, Kida and you have morph and like all of those things like it's pretty neat like it's kind of cool that they're doing those things um i know my partner's really excited about ducktales scrooge mcduck is like her favorite like one of her favorite characters ever yeah. she loves scrooge mcduck <laughs> um so she's really cool about that and then one of the things that is kind of neat is that for the dalmatians i think have you seen the dalmatian spoiler cards yet no i haven't so here's just what's really funny is that they have dalmatian puppy um is one of the cards uh, and its special ability is where did they all come from? Um, and you may have up to 99 copies of Dalmatian Puppy Tailwager in your deck. <laughs> so if you want, you know, 99 two threes for two, that is also inkable and, and quest for one, you can if you really want to do hey. that. And actually, a two three for two, that quest for one Sounds isn't that good. bad. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's also inkable. So that's actually not that bad of a card. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a kind of a neat looking set. There are some cool things in here, uh, so I am looking forward to it. The thing I'm not looking forward to, though, um, is kind of like you said, you know, this set is coming out, you know, already here in February before, you know, hitting major retail in March. Uh, they've already talked about their next sets. The fourth set will launch uh, and, and FLGS is on May 17th with math, mass retail ability, availability May, start, really? starting May 31st. A fifth set arrives in on August 9th before wider launch on the 23rd. And another set launches November 15th with a larger release November 29th. Jeez. So like they a three are, month cycle. Yeah. Of expansions. Yeah. Oh boy. So yeah. So Lorcana is coming hot and heavy for the rest of 2024. Leave it to um, Ravensburger to like bury this thing. Yeah, they're, I know, they're right? Gonna so, <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. This might be a little too much uh, stuff, maybe. Because uh, though they definitely do have tournaments and things like that running now, it, it definitely, I f- feel like it's still much more collectors than it is players at this yeah, point. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think as, you know, they have started to fix the problem of being able to find cards, which is good. Uh, prices are coming down quite a bit now. So yeah. even like the, you know, the super rares that were, you know, five, six, seven hundred dollars a few weeks ago are definitely not that price anymore. Um, which is, again, is good overall. But I, I'll i be interested to see if there is a, you know, competitive scene of this or a casual scene big enough to kind of support uh, this frequency of, of set releases. So, so, yeah, but. Will I buy more of this set? I will because, especially because DuckTales are in it, I'll have to. So, yeah. All right, Josh. So, I think one of the things I want to talk about, because uh, it relates to um, what we, one of the games I just played, uh, is that Funko has sold their board game assets and design team, which is Prospero Hall, 
to Goliath. So Funko has been in a ton of financial trouble as of late. Uh, they've been laying off workers. They've, they've really had a, a tough go of it. Uh, and as a way for them to try to kind of recoup some costs and things like that, they decided to sell all of their board game rights, if you would, and assets to Goliath. Um, and that included their, the design team, Prospero Hall, who technically works for Funko. Um, the reason this is relevant is Prospero Hall is the designers of Horrified, which we just talked about. Great game. Um, they've done Prospero Hall has really designed some Villainous. awesome, awesome games. They, yep. They did Villainous. They did Pan Am. Um, they've done Jaws, you know, other games that are really especially IP driven games that suddenly people were like, wait a second. IP games can be good. Like yeah, right? that was just really what Prospero Hall was known for. Um, and now it sounds like that Goliath has bought them that they basically have just laid them all off. So, Eesh. yeah. So Goliath bought all these assets from Funko um, and then and uh, acquired as a result of that uh, Prospero Hall and basically laid off the entire Prospero Hall team. So that design team um, no longer exists for the most part. Now, I will say that some of those people, a few of them were offered positions at Goliath. Some were offered the opportunity to interview for positions um, and others were just laid off. So uh, but it sounds like over half the team for sure is gone. Um, and about, I think, five to ten of them were kept on with like five of them also being offered to like have interviews for jobs if they wanted to. Yeah, they held on to them, but it says that they don't even know what their roles are going to be. They, right. They're probably they, they might not even be like they didn't lose games. their job. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 So, uh, yeah. So, Josh, you know, and we're going to talk about this more in the video game realm. Obviously, yeah. you know, last year there was it was <laughs> it was a rough, rough thing to be in games both board games and video games it seems you know we had haba who like laid off a whole bunch of people and was like going through trying not to like shut down and now obviously we have funko who's in a ton of hurt and you know prospero hall basically going away now we have um uh hasbro who owns Wizards of the coast who laid off like 1200 people including uh, a ton of people at wizards of the coast even though magic was making the money hand over fist um and like really the only profitable part of their company what do you see as like the future of of the the board game biz right now? Like, you know, we're, we'll talk about probably in a little bit here that you know, GameFound really kind of turned up the heat on Kickstarter this year. They had made a record for them and had five like half of the like top grossing projects this year for um for um, crowdfunding were on GameFound. You know, three years ago that would have been a hundred percent on Kickstarter. Um. So are you optimistic still about our, our fun little, you know, board game hobby? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that, you know, the, the way the news, the, well, the, any news cycle or the board game news cycle is we're going to hear more about the bad stuff. So we're going to hear about this stuff more than we used to, which is, I think, the same for everything right now. Anyways, but... Um, it's you know it's it's never fun to hear about any number of people losing their job, especially in like a hobby that we're fond of, yeah. That we participate in, um, and it's worse when you see like that the people that had no clue it was coming, uh, feeling blindsided by it, and knowing that they're putting out. Like I think it hurts more when you look at the a group and go, yeah, but they're doing good stuff. Like yeah. why why them? Like there's plenty of other studios that have put out stinkers in a lot of people's public general opinions. And why are those, you know, it's harder to 
look past that part when you're seeing like Prospero Hall. Like what I mean, they'll find work, hopefully. Hopefully. Not all not all together again, probably. Yeah. Um so you know that does that stinks. Um but again, if you like check in on the Discord every once in a while, you'll see like it's just kind of business as usual. It just people just start caring more when it happens. But people will forget about this in a month because <laughs> there'll be another layoff <laughs> with somebody else. Um it's it's it seems to be cyclical though with like designers in this industry mm-hmm. where they end up somewhere else anyways, just as part of I signed on for this project, I completed this project, I was let go from this project. Um they, it's like almost like they're all contract workers and maybe some of them are. Uh, and maybe some of them aren't. It just doesn't seem video games, board games doesn't seem necessarily a very stable job. So I feel like there has to be some level of um, not expecting it, but being prepared for it if it happens. Yeah. I think what's kind of disappointing for me most about this is that Goliath obviously has been around for a long time, yeah. but like, they're known for Rummicube. Yeah, they don't know what right? to do like, with what they what they got. Right, like, and Funko's game like division was like the only one making Funko money. Like, they had been doing cool, neat things. I don't, and maybe the, this is no offense, and like, I'm not trying to like talk <laughs> poorly about anyone at Goliath. I don't trust that we're going to get games like that from them anymore. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, the evidence for me is not there that we are going to still get the types of games we were getting before. And I feel like this is an opportunity for Goliath to like repackage, repurpose, and redistribute the games that Funko had already done just for them to make money. But we're mm-hmm. not going to get any like good stuff moving forward. Yeah. And for me, that's really disappointing, right? I, I think that yeah, I, I obviously I'm dumb when it comes to business. I'm not a business person, but if I'm Funko, like, why do you sell the only part of your business that's making you money? Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. <laughs> like is it your whole job as a business to make money? And now you literally sold the one division that made money last year. Yep. Like, are you really, are they that confident that Funko pops are going to become like the thing <laughs> again? Like, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Anyway. So pour one out for Prospero hall, pour one out for Funko board games. You will probably see some of their board games still. Well, you will definitely see some of their board games for still, sure. uh, but I don't know that we're going to see much new coming from them anytime soon, at least. That's worthwhile, at least, or interesting to me. So, yeah. Um, roll just a real quick note. Uh, we talked a few months ago about how uh, Evil Genius Games was suing Netflix about Rebel Moon. Yes. Um, and they have resolved that uh, lawsuit amicably. They're all good. I think probably what happened is Evil Genius Games was like, actually, that movie's really horrible. We don't want to be known for helping create it. So it's, it's not a bad good. movie. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> So they're like, yeah, we don't want our names attached with that. So we're good. We're good. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they have amicably resolved their lawsuit. So if you are wondering whatever happened with that, uh, nothing <laughs> in the end is what happened with that. They figured it out, but we don't know anything more than they figured it out. So, uh, Josh, one thing I did want to bring up because you seemed uh, very much like a no about this when I had brought it up and put it in the discord. Uh, Halo. Mistaking another shot at a Warhammer-like miniature game. Uh, the studio behind Kings of War and The Walking Dead All Out War are bringing Master Chief, The Covenant, and The Flood into a tabletop miniatures game latest 
later this year. This is from the fine folks over at Dicebreaker. Uh, the the latest tabletop ad- adaptation of Halo is in development at Mantic Games. Um, Mantic and Halo Maker 343 Industries, which took over responsibility for the long-running sci-fi franchise from creator Bungie in 2007, developing games up to the latest installment of Halo Infinite, announced a few details about what to expect from the miniature game with an even with an with even an official name yet to be unveiled. That sentence is weird. Anyway, um, what we do know is that the war game will include 40 millimeter figures of Spartans, the armored human super soldiers who also include Halo Mas- Hero Master Chief. You can tell that they're writing this, like assuming people don't play video games. But anyway, yes. <laughs> at 40 millimeter scale, will make the models larger than those seen in the likes of Warhammer 40K, which measure in the at the popular 28 millimeter scale. I'll bite with the exaggerated heroic proportions, often make them closer to the 32. Um, while the announcement made no explicit mention of figures for the Alien Covenant, I'd be willing to bet there's a good chance we'll see elites, grunts, and more find their way into plastic in the future. The upcoming miniatures game will unsurprisingly support multiplayer matches between players, with Mantic describing it as team combat game experience aimed at both existing wargamers and newcomers. Having a firefight play out on the table will, while moving Spartans in and out of cover connects players to the action in a new and special way, said Mantic CEO ronnie renton so josh when i posted this you were like nah i'm good no desire do you really have no desire for a halo miniatures game doesn't this seem kind of cool not to me okay <laughs> uh i'm all haloed out my friend and in fact the only thing i think that should still exist for halo is the tv show and i know that that's not a popular opinion <laughs> uh i like the tv show i'm i'm all haloed out i'm disappointed with what we've been getting, uh, I, I think uh, I, I'm gonna. T- I could take a Halo break because it's just I don't know. I'm just over it. <laughs> How it long sounds of a Halo weird. break do you want? Huh? How long of a Halo break do you want? Ooh, I I would like them to put a good amount. I would like them to make a new game and not put a timeline on it. <laughs> Give well, us the next, next gen console. <laughs> when we get to our video game news, yeah. we're not talking about that. <laughs> so, uh, what? Okay, so you're kind of you said you're haloed out. What would it take for you to play this game? Like, what would you have to hear about it to make you interested? Uh, that it was no longer a miniatures game. <laughs> uh, I just don't have the talent, the brain space <laughs> for miniatures games. They're very complicated. There's a lot going on. Um, I have no interest in using rulers to figure out how far I can move. <laughs> um, none of that stuff appeals to me. I Listen, Does it? Is it a perfect fit for miniatures? Absolutely, 100%. It is a military game. Uh, it is what a whole genre of miniatures is. Uh, So yeah, it's perfect for that. So I'm sure people will love it. That's good. I'm happy that people might be happy, but uh, we don't, we don't really know what that final product is going to look like either though. And very true. And you know, so regardless of all the Kickstarters and crowdfundings that are out there, there still seems to be a whole lot of uh, half baked games that, come out or don't come out at all 
Well, Josh, if it helps, this game is skipping crowdfunding and is going Good. directly to retail in September. Uh, and we will get a full reveal, they said, in early March before a roughly September release. So, nice. you know, we'll check back in in March, see if anything has cha- if anything they release changes your tune at all, Josh. So, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, for sure. Uh, anything else in the board game world you would like to talk about? Uh, there's not a lot of information, but there is a Betrayal and House of the Hill card game coming out. Yeah. Um, and just know that I'll talk more about it once we get more details. Yeah. So we're supposed to get more info in, uh, February, I believe. And I think it's coming out in like March. Great. I'm excited. Yeah, so I think we're supposed to learn more next month and, uh, we'll get it soon. Not soon after that. Oh, actually next month. Almost, almost this month. It's almost yeah. February. Give so. me more. More betrayal. Cool. Uh, Josh, real quick. Do you want to play a Chick-fil-A board game? Uh, no, I didn't want to play the KFC d and I don't want to play Chick-fil-A board game either. Or a McDonald's one, for that matter. <laughs> yeah, so uh, interestingly enough, Chick-fil-A is looking for someone to make games. So just so you know, cool. if, you're looking for, if you want to become a game creator, uh, Chick-fil-A is looking for someone to make uh, video games for sure, but also uh, board games potentially. So Interesting. <laughs> just know. Uh, <laughs> you could Will it be about our Chick-fil-A. Lord and Savior? <laughs> <laughs> you could work at Chick-fil-A making games. So cool all right well we will move on then from the board games it unsurprisingly kind of quiet start to the year in the board game realm which is is not uncommon um as far as that goes so let's go and talk about where you know another place that's been really quiet in january like nothing much has happened uh let's talk about you know all the things happening in video games josh any i was gonna say any fun new story you want to talk about uh fun new story that's fun story Let's see. Well, I just noticed that the Lions just totally blew their lead and they're about to lose the playoffs. Are you serious? <laughs> so just if you can't to, tell, just to point listener, that out. <laughs> we are recording this as that game is occurring. Uh, oh my gosh. Brock Purdy bringing the 49ers back 27-24 in the fourth. Whew, it was what, 24-7? It was 24-7, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> 49ers, 20 unanswered points and with the ball in the fourth quarter. All right. Well, you know, I would like to see the Lions do well, but I guess Brock Purdy played at Iowa State, so I'm probably supposed to root for Brock Purdy, I guess, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, another Taylor oh. Swift Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, if I'm another the NFL, one I am for the thrilled. first time ever. <laughs> I am thrilled if I'm the NFL. That is for sure. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that they <laughs> helped that game along a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so we are recording this, listener, on January 28th. Uh, this will come out on January 30th. There is a distinct possibility, especially if you read all the current leaks, rumors, areas, that there's going to be a state of play that pro- may come out like within days of our podcast releasing. Mm. It may have even already happened. That would make uh, sense for our podcast. Yeah, which is the, always the way it goes. We'll talk about it in a month. <laughs> uh, but just know that, obviously, depending on the timing of that and if that tr- rumor is accurate, because apparently basically the whole lineup of what's going to be in it apparently is leaked as well. Uh, that's why we're not talking about it, because it either hasn't happened. Um, or if it did happen, we recorded this just before it happened. Uh, <laughs> so we're not covering that. But Josh, do you want to talk about uh, that uh, Xbox held holding their developer direct for 2024? Yeah, sure. We can talk about that. Absolutely. So cool. Xbox, they did a developer direct back on January. Nothing else 8th. happened with Microsoft, by the way. Just yeah, we won't talk. Yeah, <laughs> no, we'll, get, we'll, we'll get to that. Don't worry. Uh, held a de- developer direct back on January 18th. Uh, this seems to be now becoming an annual thing for Xbox to start the year off talking about a few of the games that people have to look forward to um, over the course of the upcoming year. Uh, the, ga- the developer direct was originally supposed to focus on four games, um, Aura, History Untold, Avowed, 
Cinema Saga, Hellblade 2, and then Indiana Jones and the Great Circle, which at the time we didn't know the name. Uh, but then they surprised us with some visions of mana thrown in during the presentation as well. Josh, did you watch the developer direct and your reactions slash thoughts? I did watch it. Yes. Um, I thought it was fine. Uh, I, I like the format. Uh, it's obviously borrowing from everybody a little bit. Um, but I mean, they added, they called it a direct, so it's definitely heavily borrowing from someone specific. Uh, I liked, uh, you know, I guess I like and dislike the, the aspects of like showing gameplay, talking to the developers and going back and forth a little bit. Um, to me, that always feels like it, that's more of like a CES trade show kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's fine. It doesn't bother me. But we've, I mean, we anyone listening to this can certainly remember probably watching one or two too long developer interviews in, in an E3 press conference or something like that. So I always get a little antsy. When you when you spend fifteen minutes with two people talking about a game, and they're speaking French and you're reading it, yeah. um, not no slight to them, that's their language. Uh, right. But like, you're just there for the gameplay, right? Um, I think Avowed looked really cool. It's again, it's like one of those games where I'm like, uh, this isn't a game for me, but I'll try it because uh, it's on Game Pass. If it's more Outer Worlds and less Fallout, I'll like it, or less Elder Scrolls. But it seems to be a very it's op, it's Obsidian, so it's gonna be Skyrim. <laughs> well, but you like Outer Worlds and their Outer Worlds, like it right. could be like Avowed, like as Outer Worlds is to Fallout, like Avowed could be to Skyrim, like that'd be okay, right? It, no, yes. or would you still I'm, not be? I'm into optimistic. It? Yes, I, 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 I am optimistic that it could be like that. So I will definitely try it. It's going to be on Game Pass. So, it so makes you sense. Said, you said it looked good. Did it really look good? I don't think it looked like stunning, like next generation, but it still looked good. Okay, I would say it looked fine. Yeah, I thought it yeah. looked. I thought the a lot of the the backgrounds looked really good. I think that it's. It, I don't know. Maybe. I'm not gonna. I'm not changing my mind. I think it looked good. <laughs> no, that's fine. I think what my I think my problem probably is, and this is a me thing that I need to get over. Yeah, is that like, I, you know, with Obsidian being like you know an Xbox first party studio, I guess you know Xbox has always said that they you know let the studios do their own thing. So I guess if they want to make double A games, like make double A games, and that's fine. Yeah, do whatever you want to do, unless it's a game you've been working on for six years and spent hundreds of thousands of hours on. Are you talking crap about Senua Saga? No, I'm talking about how they just canceled the whole game and laid everybody off. We're going to get to the Josh spoilers (laughs) for the future. Nobody knows this happened yet. That was my point about Microsoft. It's like, yeah, you can go develop whatever you want as long as... We agree. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, I think for me, I just expected the game to be a bit more of a looker than I think it was. Sure, like, I do think sure. that the art direction is good. Like, I like the art direction of it, but it, it just felt a little, like, underwhelming as far as visuals go for me. But I did think about it. I'm like, well, I mean, it's Obsidian. And Obsidian, you know, obviously, there's a, the Outer Worlds looks good, but it's also not, like, amazing looking, right? So if that's just, if they're going to continue to do their thing, um, then yeah, this would be their thing and that's fine. So I just, I don't know. I guess I just figured that maybe 
you know, a little extra money, a little extra polish maybe would happen, but that's fine. I think it looks pretty. <laughs> cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, we saw Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2, and I I think we did. Did we see more of the game? <laughs> it's a good question. Still, we saw more of the game from other screens. I still don't know uh, what this is going to play like. Is is this more Rise, Son of Rome than anything else? What is this going to be? Is this like... You remember that, right? Rise of Rome on 360. Oh, yeah, I played Rise of Rome. Yeah. So, like, is it going to be more along, like... Because, like, obviously we know the game, the first game, it's not a heavy combat game. Right. Like, it's a puzzle and dealing, like, in very, like, narrative-driven story. So, I... But we keep seeing all this stuff with combat in the teases we see for this game. I'm just more curious... Uh, what this game's gonna be? Um, I think uh, I'm excited. We have a date now that we finally will be able to play this. I'm excited to play it, and um, yeah, I just hope that I hope it's as good as the first one. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, I definitely think this is just a more polished Hellblade, right? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think. Um, this is suddenly like a, a different uh, game, right? Like I think maybe maybe there's a bit more combat in it, but I don't right. anticipate that this is going to be suddenly, a, you know, a really combat. Ha- and maybe it is. I mean, they've done some of those things, but I just assumed this was going to be, you know, hey, take Hellblade and turn it up to 11. It yeah. looks beautiful. Like I saw, as far as the game as being a looker, whew, this game is a looker. This thing looks really good. Um. But yeah, I, I just because I, when you talked about a game being in development forever, I thought this was the game you were talking about. But you were talking about uh, the <laughs> survival game from Blizzard. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yes, I was. Are, are you excited to play this game? Yeah, Looking forward I, to playing this game. I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm excited to play it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'll be interested to see. Um, and actually, I know some people are like not thrilled about it, but like the fact that it is what they said like eight hours. Like, yeah yeah i'm in let's do Good. it <laughs> perfect perfect yeah. time absolutely absolutely yeah agree. Uh, and then jose then we got surprised by uh visions of mana josh snuck in there <laughs> we certainly were surprised by that yeah uh was that a good surprise for you or a not good surprise for i you? think it looks great i'm excited to, to give it a shot um especially with these new rumors of it hitting game pass potentially uh, which would be huge, but uh, yeah, I think it looks great. I think the combat looks really cool. Um, I like the art style, so I'm in. I'm in on Visions of Mana. Yeah, no, I think Visions of Mana looks really good. Um, the uh, oh gosh, whatever the remake was that came out like a year or two ago, I played the heck out of that game. Actually, I almost have the platinum in it. I probably should go back and finish that. Um, but yeah, I'm all in on Visions of Mana. I think it looks great. Really excited that that snuck in there. Um, and yeah game pass would be great but either way i'm planning on playing this game this summer it looks awesome so uh this next game is all you josh our history untold uh, uh you know you know i think i'm past my civilization gate days okay <laughs> uh i want to still like civilization games and games like i'm i'm trying to play dune Sp- spice wars right now um and i'm just i, I don't know if I'm getting dumber the older I get, but I'm not, it's not clicking. I'm not doing great. 
on the diplomacy stuff. Mm-hmm. Where I'm missing things. I'm just not being very strategic and using my resources well. I really want to play like Crusader Kings also. Like those games really like seem very interesting to me. Yeah. Um, and I and in that same category, Ara History Untold, I think it looks great. It looks really cool. Um, I don't know that it's doing enough to separate itself from all the other types of RTS civilization games out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do still think um, it's a very uh, pretty looking game. <laughs> I'll keep focusing on pretty. Okay. Um, and I feel like, and I, I guess maybe I'm forgetting it, but I feel like something, there was something in the trailer that they showed that set itself apart from other uh, like survival RTS civilization games. And now I'm forgetting what that was. But something I was like, oh, I haven't seen that before in one of these games. But it didn't stick with me long enough to remember. So gotcha. <laughs> it must not have been that impressive. Yeah. Uh, I, I For people who are excited about these games, I am excited for them. Um, I think this is really interesting because uh, the developer Oxide, this is only their second game. Um, and their first game, Ashes of the Singularity, which came back out back in like 2016, I think, or something like that. Apparently, I don't think it was really super good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this definitely looks like a step up, though, uh, as far as all that. Because I-, I watched the presentation. I was like, oh, that looks really cool for people who like that genre of game. Right. Like, that's just not me. Um, but it is. I do appreciate, though, that Xbox is continually really like obviously committed to pc gaming but also just really um typically for the most part i don't know if it's totally true in this direct but uh, very like broad types of games that you are seeing them highlight right it's not just um you know third person action games all the time over and over again so the fact that you know something like this game is in this presentation i think is pretty cool so all right, Josh, and then you know the the last one, the final one, the final game, yeah. Indiana Jones and the Great Circle, from the fine, fine folks over at Machine Games. Uh-huh. First, first question for you, Josh. Yes. Thoughts on the name? I think it's a great name. Okay. Makes me curious about what the Great Circle is. Gotcha. Okay. And what did you think of the footage? Footage looked great. Uh, uh, <laughs> I think uh, I can get behind an actual CG Harrison Ford instead of a fake one trying to pretend to be Harrison <laughs> Ford. Gotcha. Okay. <clears throat> That's my problem with the Dial of Destiny. Um, yeah, I think it's, uh, I, I guess they're saying it's Troy Baker, but whoever's doing his voice sounds incredible. Yeah, it is Troy Baker. Uh, they, so Troy's doing great work, even though he really just holds himself in such a douchey way. Uh, <laughs> just makes me not want to like him <laughs> having success. Uh, that being said, uh, I'm you know I'm just terrified of uh, how the game's going to play. <laughs> I think it looks great. I really want to be Indiana Jones. I really want to play Indiana Jones. I don't want to play Dishonored. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to play Skyrim. So I'm a little nervous about that aspect of it, but it could be good. (laughs) Yeah. So as I have said multiple times, uh, when Bethesda was purchased by Xbox as a PlayStation person, for the most part, I really didn't care 
other than I love machine games because I love the Wolfenstein games. I think they're phenomenal. Uh, so this is the game from them that I have been most anticipating and kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. And while I don't know what I expected necessarily, and let me be clear, like I think th- it looks awesome. Like yeah. I, I'm excited to play it. Uh, I as I, as I was watching the gameplay, and you know, you're whipping people and punching people, and like shooting your pistol once or twice, and then whipping yeah. people and punching <laughs> people. I was like, man, first person hand to hand combat, yeah, is almost never good in games. Like almost never. Yeah, and even they were even they had to kind of address the elephant. Yeah, on the thing they're like. Uh, but we also realized what good is it to have an Indiana Jones game and never see Indiana Jones. So we made sure to add awkward animation transitions when you're climbing buildings. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, so great. I, yeah. I just, uh, I, like I said, I'm still very excited. I just really like when machine games makes games I can shoot a lot in. And I don't know that I'm going to be shooting a lot in this game. And maybe I'll still love it. But that's my only piece of like trepidation there is that just hand-to-hand punching and things like that in first person is just so so hit and miss with games and it's really hard to do well and if anyone can i feel like they probably they're a studio who can yeah um so i am cautiously optimistic about how this game is going to be obviously i'm definitely going to play it and give it a shot uh that's my only uh just punching people (laughs) lots that's the one thing that i'm a little um trepidatious about but overall i think you know a great showing um as far as like especially you know if Avow does hit this fall, we have Hellblade coming in May, Visions of Man of the Summer. Obviously, that's everywhere, but Aura is supposed to be this fall, as is Indiana Jones. What, Josh, so like I said, the only game we we know set, uh, Hellblade 2 is on May 21st. We know Visions of Man is coming this summer. Um, when do you think Indiana Jones and the Great Circle is releasing, and when do you think Avowed is releasing? Oh, boy. Because oh both boy. are supposedly this fall. I think November is a good time for indie. Okay. Right. I think Avowed is probably February. <laughs> of twenty five. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um. Yeah. I. I. Mm, yeah. Because I do think I'm kind of in the same situation as you. Is that I feel like October November would be great for Indiana Jones, which means Avowed really needs to be like September. Yeah. But I don't know if it's going to be ready in September, so maybe it is February for Avowed. I think that makes logical sense to me. Uh. Do do you think we get a Xbox for uh, first party studio game prior to Hellblade this year? Before Hellblade, no. Yeah. Okay. No. No. Not unless they're gonna surprise everybody with something. Gotcha. I just didn't know because I know a lot of people were thinking for this direct. They'd be like, "Well, last year they shadow drop High Fight Rush, so maybe they'll shadow drop this this year." And everyone was saying that, um, yeah, Double Fine was ready to go, and that it was gonna be the Double Fine game, and. Hi-Fi Rush is a fluke thing. The reason why it's so awesome is because of how rare it happens. And yeah. we got lucky that it's a good game. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, lots to look forward to uh, on Xbox this year already. So we'll see. And I'm sure there's much more to come. Um, obviously, I'm super curious about their summer showcase now that they have like 40 studios. <laughs> like, I'm really yeah. curious uh, to how this is going to go. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But Xbox Developer Direct. Cool. Uh, should we just talk about the other Xbox news and other just b- broader industry news then too? I mean, we might as well, right? Let's get well, it yeah. out in the open. We can't, we can't give them a pass. <laughs> no. So, uh, you know, uh, 
But last week, uh, Microsoft announced they are laying off approximately 1,900 employees across Xbox, Activision, Blizzard, and ZeniMax. Uh, most of them definitely are Activision Blizzard, um, but there are some elsewhere across Xbox and ZeniMax um, slash Blizzard, or not slash Blizzard, slash Bethesda um, for ZeniMax. Um, a, Josh, what were your thoughts when you heard this news? Uh, B, were you surprised? Uh, kind of what, what what are your thoughts here about... Uh, you know, 1,900 people losing their jobs. Uh, yeah, at first I was shocked at the in- amount of empl- employees that was. And mm-hmm. then and then I read it and I realized how, I mean, it is still a lot of employees. Yeah. But it's it's a small percentage um, of Microsoft's, I guess, what is it, gaming division? What are they even yeah, called? They have like 22,000 employees. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's horrible, right? Like that's so many people. Um, mm-hmm. I think the worst part for me was seeing like Mike Barra leaving and stuff. So it made me really wonder what was actually going on at Activision Blizzard, like either before this happened. I mean, we have a little bit of idea with the with the Codex stuff, but there seems like it seems odd for Ybarra to be leaving. Ybarra, Ybarra, sorry. Um, Considering his history of Microsoft and his like perceived excitement for Microsoft buying Activision right. Blizzard, yeah. So it, it, I I just I feel like even maybe Microsoft didn't even really know what they were getting their hands on until they got their hands on it. Um, and was like, oh my god, we need to do damage control so bad. Uh, and it and if that's and if they were like, we just have to fire everybody, like that stinks, but. I mean, I think sometimes that has to happen, depending on culture, how people feeling at work, what was going on. Um, you don't ever like to hear about a game that they that game they canceled that has been in development for six years. You don't like to hear that because that's yeah. a lot of work and a lot of time. It's not just money at that point. Now it's people's lives. Uh, you know, that they're never, they might never get to see their art come out and experienced by other people. And that really, I, that, I think that stinks almost more than that many people getting laid off. Um, it's just, it's too bad. And then the stories of like non-transparency coming out afterwards where people just have no idea what's going on right. and why is like all that stuff. It's just like, comes together in this awful suck tornado <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah so mike yabara left obviously he was the president of blizzard uh it, it's not i don't think a super secret he did not seem like he was well liked by blizzard employees yeah because he um, was like oh, making hard decisions <laughs> sure uh but also Maybe. I, I was surprised that he left because he had worked at Microsoft for like 20 years at, right. in Xbox, right? And right. then left to go to Blizzard. So it seemed, yeah, like it all points, everything seemed like he was really excited for them to be yeah. acquired and for him to go back. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. Maybe this was his choice to leave. Maybe it wasn't. Like, we'll never really know for sure, right? Uh, but in addition to him, Alan Adham, who's the chief design officer in the co- and one of the company's founders, is also out. Yeah. Um. So he he left. And then Odyssey, like you said, their survival game that had been development for six years got canceled. Um, it can go hang out with Scalebound, um, apparently. Yeah. Well, right. what I, what I thought was interesting too is like, and this is definitely something that like I misread as well. 
um, is that, you know, part of like the details was something they wrote as like, as part of this focus, Blizzard is ending development on its survival game project and will be shifting some of the people working on it to one of the several promising new projects Blizzard has in early stages of development. Uh, from what I've read online from people who are laid off, that was like a couple people, but basically that entire team was let go. Yeah. So, and including people who had like literally moved there a month ago, like <sighs> uprooted their lives and moved there right. to work on this game. And now they're laid off. Eesh. Right. So, yeah, um, Josh, you know, one of the things that uh, is always interesting, and we'll talk about like, well, I'll just insert this here now. So um, this is actually from over at Game Informer, but it says that these Microsoft layoffs join a string of other disheartening 2024 job cuts, which totaled more than 5,500 in the first 25 days of the year. Outrider Studio People Can Fly laid off more than 30 employees this week. The League of Legends company Riot Games laid off 530 employees this week, too. We recently learned Lords of the Fallen publisher CI Games is laying off 10% of its staff. Unity laid off 1,800 people. And Twitch also laid off 500 employees. Discord laid off 170. Yeah. Um, Thunderful Game Group laid off 100. Dead by Daylight developer Behavior Interactive laid off 45 people. Um, It has been just... I mean, this January has been ridiculous. And a lot of analysts said that this is just the start, right? Like, it's going to continue. Um obviously with the um insomniac hack last year i anticipate any day we'll be hearing about playstation layout more play like playstation layoffs right um but what are your you know there were a lot of people who were really really rooting for this acquisition yes do you think that like like is this part of like what they were rooting for no but i think that you don't think of this when you think of that i don't like the ignorance is bliss kind of thing. I think anytime a studio is uh, bought, uh, uh, dismantled, whatever, like it's part of that. Um, yeah. All that embracer group stuff, like look how many people they laid off like months yeah. after that because they're just taking on so many assets that they don't know how to manage necessarily. Yeah. And that could be the Microsoft case too. Like they could, whoever is in charge of the, the, the merging because there's definitely mm-hmm. someone who's in charge of that uh, maybe they just couldn't figure out who's who should be going where and who should be doing what um, they could have totally fumbled it too but we'll, we would never read that that wouldn't come out um, unless it was like a like a piece that like Schreier is working on that he, for months like right. you're not going to hear like Microsoft came in and bumbled the acquisition and the only thing they could do was fire everybody like we're not going to hear that but I think it's it's possible when that happens to anybody. If you don't have the right people put in the right place for transition, it uh, doesn't matter the industry you work in. It's volatile situation, especially right at the beginning. And I think for a lot of people, I think it is easier to just say like, okay, well, I've been given like the go ahead to do whatever I need to do. And it's going to be a lot easier to not deal with these people and bring in my own people. I see it all the time where someone leaves and like a job and like eight people leave with them. And then they all go somewhere else together. Yeah. Um, and then I've also the seen coaching staffs change. And, yeah. yeah. Or you see people come in and they um, inherit a difficult team. And it's clear to that person like this team's never going to listen to me. Time to get rid of them. I've seen that happen too. 
do I think it's great? No. <laughs> do I like it? No. But it happens. And that's that shrewd part of the business world. Like those people have to have, you know, thick skin, not the people getting laid off, the people who are doing that. They, they have to have thick skin and do what they believe is the right thing, whether it's right or not. Obviously, it's all it's just speculation. But if someone came in and was like, "Why did we spend all this money on this uh, game? How, how, like, maybe the state of the game wasn't even anywhere near where they would expect a six-year, like, developed game to be? Uh, maybe it's like their skull and bones or something. But someone won't, you know. But they were like, "We're gonna pull the trigger." I still, I still can't wrap my head around like Disney, uh, HBO not releasing a fully filmed Batgirl movie. I don't understand that. And there's another one that just happened recently too. So I I can't put myself in that position to understand why they let all these people go. But I do think there's like the uh, a precedence for it somewhere out there now. When we get in all this news, we're starting to see the crazy things we would never imagine doing in 100 years. Happen all the time in this weird business world, <laughs> right? Um, so I'm going to ask you a question, and please don't. I, I'm not saying that you think this or that I'm directing, but you're the person okay. here, so I'm asking you. Okay, is this worth it to get Call of Duty on Game Pass? Not for me. <laughs> um, like, do, like uh, to put it another way, do you think? Everyone who wanted this to go through, everyone who's like, yes, let's make this happen. Yeah. If we're like, okay, it's going to happen, but 2,000 people are going to lose their jobs. How many people do you think still would have said that they wanted to go through? And how many people who are like acting all pearl clutching now are just doing it because they can and they didn't have to make that decision ahead of time? Well, yeah. I mean, that's, I think if you told, yeah, obviously if you told people, there'd be less people excited about the merger. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Do we even? I don't even know that we're gonna get Call of Duty on Game Pass. Not for probably <laughs> like, not for. Well, maybe older ones. I I don't know about yeah, newer they ones. They don't have to do years. it. Like, um, it's not. I mean, I guess it does fit into their promise. So maybe they do have to do it. Uh, but they can change their promise whenever they want. Um, As we, yeah, clear. right. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, that's a tough question, right? You don't want to say. Yes, because that's you being in favor of 2,000 people losing their jobs. But I think for right. Microsoft as a company, yeah, that's that's this is the right move. That acquisition right. that acquisition was worth it if they let 5,000 people go. That would be awful, yeah. <laughs> and it might still happen. Um, but as a business for them, yeah. Just, just for IP alone, they could let the whole darn studio go. <laughs> And they'd be fine. And this is, I think, and you're you're actually kind of like getting to the point that like I, yeah. So as a PlayStation fan, like one of the things that like I like slash don't like about the fact is that like I kind of like the fact that Jim Ryan for the next two months is unlikable, right? Because like <laughs> I don't have I don't, I never feel the need to defend Jim Ryan, sure. right? You shouldn't. <laughs> right. And he, it's easy yeah. to be like, no, he's a corporate shill. He's trying to make them as much money as he can. Yeah. What's the re- why did they do anything they did? Money. Right. The fact yeah. that like they like refunded people who bought The Last of Us 2 remastered accidentally and paid a full price for it. Yeah. I was shocked. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean that they gave people their money back? They would. That's not a PlayStation thing to do. Right. Like we know why they do everything. They do it for money. Right. Yeah. 
Whereas on the Xbox side, everyone's like, oh, Phil Spencer, he's the good guy. He's like trying to help. No, Phil Spencer is trying to make as much money for Microsoft as he possibly can. And if that yeah. means cutting 2,000 people, he's going to cut 2,000 people. He just has a nicer uh, uh, way of He just of smiles while he does that. it. And everyone's <laughs> yeah. like, cool, right? Like, yeah. And that's the like, I think that's always been my challenge of it, of like people are like, oh, he's like this like figure who is like going to help everything and fix everything. It's yeah. like, no, he is trying to make as much money as he can. Like, yeah. he doesn't care about you. He doesn't. His, the difference between a Phil Spencer and a Jim Ryan is Phil Spencer looks and talks and acts like us. Yeah. He's a Mark Cuban. He is the guy you want to hang out with on the weekends. You don't, you don't even want to be in the same restaurant as Jim Ryan. It's let alone, <laughs> let alone hang out with him. Correct. Not at all. Uh, no, nobody does. Um, so I think that that's a big part of it, right? Obviously like, the perception is huge, and uh, Cliff Cliffy B had that thing going for a while. Uh, where just it's 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 someone you feel like whether it's smoke and mirrors or not that you can relate to, and it makes it they deliver those hard punches a little softer. It, uh, to not they're not physically softer; they just feel softer. But do like does it? Because to me, this almost seems like more of a betrayal, doesn't it? <sighs> No, because he he's the good guy. He wasn't like, yes, I I agree with you on that. But he's not like, he's not. If he was outwardly outwardly coming out and saying we're not letting anyone go, uh, or something to those to that degree, I think that makes him bad. But I don't think he's saying that. I think other people might be saying that <laughs> that work for him, but I don't know that I've seen him come out saying like. Hey Phil, when you guys get Activision Blizzard, like how many people are you letting go? I don't think he's like, oh, we're not letting anybody go. That's not why we're acquiring them. Like he might have. I haven't listened to every interview he's done, but the impression I get is, I wasn't feeling deceived by him. I was just like, yeah, it's a company who just got a billion dollar acquisition. Sorry, four billion dollar acquisition. How many? How many? How much was it again? Seventy billion. Seventy billion dollars. <laughs> Sorry. My brain can't. They, they, they that. bought the company for seventy, well, sixty-nine billion or whatever it was, but can't afford to pay two thousand employees. <sighs> well, <laughs> yes, business is different. I'm money, not going to. I'm not going to defend them. <laughs> You're not going to trick me into defending Microsoft. <laughs> no, you can't. And there are some people who are like, "No, this is business. Business is business. You got acquired." There's redundancies. We're going to get rid of you. And while we do that, we're going to get we're going to get rid of some other like we're going to do some yeah. other layoffs, too. So it just looks like it's redundancy, even though it's not. I think that if Sony did the same thing, I think I think I would still feel the same. It stinks that that many people lost their jobs. Um, but they, they inherited a lot of employees, <laughs> which was their choice. I they chose to do it. Right, but would you choose to not make a billion dollars? If you could make a billion dollars, but you had to let 2,000 people go from your business, would you do it for a billion dollars? I don't, I'm not in that situation. Right, but they are. <laughs> They're like literally like the second second wealthiest company in the history of existence. Ah, listen, I'm not going to defend them. I'm just like, sure, they, they could have kept them on. I agree. Uh, but where do we go from there? And two months later, they let go some 2,000 other people. <laughs> I, I think for me, what is most like, and like I said, 
I get it. Like it's business. Like I generally get like why they did what they did. For me, it's more the idea of like how broken the system is that you can be- literally spend seventy billion dollars, yeah, on a company with like no intention of really serving any of those people you're purchasing, right? Like, yeah, you're getting the IP, you're getting that stuff, well, but they you can might just have give had a big the intention. They might have had the intention to serve that people. Those but their people. intention doesn't matter because it doesn't. They're not. They're not beholden <laughs> to it in any way, shape, or form. Right, but that doesn't make them like like that. Doesn't mean that they had ill will when they bought the company to get like. We, they they obviously like knew the projects that they were inheriting and the staff, the headcount, and all that. I don't think that Phil Spencer's in his office rubbing his hands, being like, "All right, I can't wait to get it so we can dump that those two thousand bums." <laughs> okay, I, I agreed. Do you think he really cares that they laid off two thousand people? Oh, I you know I hope he does. I don't but know. Do you though. think he does? I don't know. I can, I if I the day I can think like a a person like Phil Spencer, mm-hmm. uh, kill me. <laughs> <laughs> but then you'd be rich. Those people aren't happy. Uh, I don't. Want, be, I'd rather be know. happy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I like to think that I like to think that even Jim Ryan would feel bad about letting that many people go. I like to think yeah. that Bill Gates would feel bad. Obviously, not all of them can, but some mm-hmm. of them I feel like must have empathy. <laughs> It must, yeah. It's probably hard to have empathy and be one of those people successfully, but I would like to imagine that he might lose an hour of sleep after letting 2,000 people go. Yeah. I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know if he does. I give him the benefit of the doubt. I, mean, I have no reason to not believe it. Well, the fact that they're laying off 2,000 people is the reason I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> That's fine, too. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, I yeah. don't, like, I don't know he why might not he, have even made that decision. What's that? He might not have even made that decision. His mm-hmm. his finance team might have made that decision. Well, he and his finance team, well, he and the finance people can't even get on the same page about what their plans are in the future. Well, yeah, that's any business ever. <laughs> so, well, I don't know about that, right? Like, you got to imagine that again. Like the second like wealthiest company in the history of existence probably has pretty good PR training for their finance person uh, and the, yeah, I'm sure the they president do. of yeah. like one of their <laughs> their divisions. You would yeah. think. And they can't even get on the same page. Well, Kyle, I'll tell you this. Regardless of all this second most money-making company in the world, it doesn't help them make first-party games. So it's irrelevant. (laughs) (laughs) But it could. It absolutely could. It has not. (laughs) In the the past 10 years, tell me (laughs) the best Microsoft first-party game. In the last 10 years? Let me look here. No, in your opinion. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't even. I can't even remember what you they can't think released. of them, right? Now, quickly name five PlayStation first party games. Well, right, but I'm a I'm a I'm a PlayStation centric <laughs> gamer though, so that's not fair. I think anyone could do it. <laughs> What's your favorite Microsoft it, it game? Can't, and it years? can't be a Halo or Gears of War. <laughs> well, but what if that is my favorite? <laughs> I know. I'm just teasing. Uh, I I think that money is part of success, but it's you know. Microsoft could have all the money in the world if they don't have the right people working for them. And maybe that was the 2000 people they let go. Um, they're not going to be successful no matter how much money they have. Yeah. But do you really feel that those 2000 people like were like just quote unquote, not the right people? No, no. But I think that a lot of those are probably tied to that one game that they were like, well, we're going to cancel this game. All these people are going to go. That's one. And they weren't all Activision Blizzard employees either. So 
Oh, there right. Other, for sure. There are other that. people that were probably already like not everyone is great at their job. So, oh, for sure. With that many employees, uh, you know, people let go of people all the time. It just doesn't make the news like Microsoft does or Sony. Yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, laying off one person is a little different than laying off 2000, though, too. I agree. I agree. So, and uh, well, and what I think also is this, and, and I think regularly, like, well, when these things happen, there are the um, things that come up of like, well, not everyone's good at their job, or there probably were some, you know, people who weren't, you know, yeah. super successful there. True, 100%. But my response to that is like, if you have good management, those people should not be part of this because they shouldn't have already been there anymore. Right. Like why are you waiting until a time where you're at a critical junction of the company's situation where you have to lay off this big group of people with maybe if you just replace those people who weren't performing earlier because they weren't performing, you might not be in this situation. That's a perfect world scenario. (laughs) Well, right. But that's another management issue, right? This is management making decisions that are leading to people like either way it's management, not doing their job. Correct. So agreed, and they're not the ones who suffer, though. I agree, a hundred percent. I just got to get to happens, management. It happens. It happens at my Josh. job. Josh, we <laughs> got to get to management. That's what it means. So then we can just do a bad job, and it doesn't matter. Just kidding. I would well, still want to do a good job. I mean, <laughs> I'm, oh, yeah. Um, we go down further down the wormhole on that one. <laughs> Josh, wrapped up into this, though, too, also is the news that, and this actually relates a little bit back to um, the developer Direct, that um, when they announced that um, Hellblade was coming out digital only, um, wrapped up in this layoffs uh, news was the fact that Microsoft basically shut down the division uh, in the company and that they may have reallocated those people that I don't know that they got laid off, but um, the division that helps bring their uh, first party games to physical release like that no longer exists uh do you think how i mean does this mean in the very very near future we will not get xbox first party games physical for the most part what are you, or are they going to contract this out with someone like what do you think is going on there no i mean we all know this is microsoft this is bad microsoft's plan for yeah. two console generations now and they're finally being able to realize it um obviously it's not a great time with people talking all about uh, losing digital rights access and Ubisoft's crazy. Is it Ubisoft who said that or is it Square Enix? Well, okay. Okay. Now, very important clarification, I think. So there was the Ubisoft uh, exec who talked about like people have to get used yeah. to like not owning their games. I think that if you read that thing, people are taking that completely out of context. Well, because they're scared. No, 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 no. Of what because what he was asked basically was like, what needs to happen in order for like Ubisoft's like Ubisoft Plus, like their subscription service to grow? Yeah. And he basically said, you know, similarly to how people eventually with like their movies and music got to a point where they felt comfortable, like not purchasing the product. We yeah. have to kind of get there with games. Like that was the context of what he was talking oh, yeah, about. Yeah. It with I him. think that people, the people got scared and took it the wrong way oh, because, yes, 100%, yes. because of our fear of that. Yeah. But like, uh, I, I think yeah. his answer is completely reasonable within the context of the question he yeah. was asked. Yeah. 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 No, we're just, people are worried about losing. Uh, like you saw how big that the Sony thing blew up too with, 
<laughs> for the four people who actually owned right. it. Right. Uh, it, it, it's still a big deal. Know. It should not happen that way. It's good that they fixed it. Right. But it was a lot of content. It's like, yes. this goes to your, I'm not going to compare it to 2,000 employees getting fired, right. but it's yeah. like 2,000 shows and someone <laughs> and was, was really into one of those. <laughs> and that was just the seasons of, I was going to try, Deadliest Catch. You know, yeah. Like, or Alaskan women, Alaskan dating service. No, that's probably history. I think that's history. Uh, but anyway. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I think it makes sense. Like, uh, save them a lot of money again yeah. business um, supports Game Pass more business like it's a good move for them unfortunately like I still sometimes like to buy physical uh, games especially ones I think I might trade in at some point <laughs> so I don't have a yeah. little bit less like risk um, but I mean most of my stuff's been digital now so I get it yeah and there was a report that came out recently too that talked about how, you know, in for physical game sales, like fifty percent were Switch, forty percent were PlayStation, and less than ten percent were Xbox. So yeah. it makes sense. Xbox has been, yeah. I mean, the Xbox gamer, I think more than the average gamer, is an on. It's like an online like gamer, right? Like yeah. they are used to this sort of thing. So I do think it is a bummer for those who like the physical games, but I, yeah, I'm not surprised yeah. by it. Um, yeah. Do you think that we'll have? Do you think like Avowed and Indiana Jones will be boxed physical games? Oh, that's a nice screenshot. I had frozen up there. Yeah, it frozen uh, for a really long time. Yeah. Jeez, <laughs> this camera. Don't buy a razor camera. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think so. Okay. I think I think it's probably. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Actually, it's not. It's not too early to not do that. Hmm. I think that it's going to be tough for any company getting away from physical media during the holiday season. Well, for but, those, right, but those unintentional. Gonna... Oh yeah, Hellblade. Yeah, but like someone's grandma is not buying Hellblade, maybe, I mean, but they might be buying Indiana Jones. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. You know, well, like well, I, I feel like there's still that market. I don't know how much money is being made there, but I think like if you're releasing Indiana Jones in November, you want a box on the shelves. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, especially if it is that time of year, that makes sense. Um, though I could see them too, just maybe. Uh, no, maybe. Well, you could get to the cards. Pass, so. The cards will be fine. I mean, that's probably where yeah. it's all heading is that those redemption cards like Fortnite. Yeah. So. <sighs> but they could well, pretty them up a little bit, so it's not just like a true. little green gift card. That's true. Well. Sure, and you know, next time when we record in February, we can talk about. I can get all riled up about someone else laying people off and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. But. Hey, listen, a man of the people, I appreciate you. <laughs> it just, yeah, it's just one of those things that it's just like, and like I said, maybe Phil Spencer's a great guy. I have no idea. I it just all these things seem like things that executives management things like that should have known right like yes and like i said that and that's why like for this i do think some layoffs are going to happen no matter what right like you don't yeah. acquire a company of this size and not have redundancies um i don't think it's just redundancies obviously not they canceled the whole game and that most of that team is gone so it definitely isn't just redundancies um but i yeah i don't know i i just really think that something has been sorely out of whack uh, in the gaming industry for the last couple of years, mostly because of the pandemic and how much investment happened, you know, during the pandemic and gaming. And then, oh yeah, look at that. People aren't gaming as much as they were during the pandemic. Imagine that. Yeah. Um, and now <laughs> suddenly everyone's overcommitted. Uh, so, yeah. 
Yes, it is some right sizing, but it just again, people who made the decisions to, you know, bring on a whole bunch more people aren't the people who are losing their jobs. So Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um uh, oh, uh final thing and then we'll get out of here since we're two hours in. Uh Josh. Yes. Like a dragon, infinite wealth. The, uh-huh. the new Yakuza game, slash like a dragon game, since they call it now. Uh new game plus behind a paywall. You have to get uh the eighty five <laughs> or hundred ten dollar edition in order to have new game plus available to you uh is that is that okay <laughs> like is that cool to do that it doesn't sound great i'll tell you that <laughs> yeah it seems kind of crappy right oh uh, that's weird i mean oh, oh okay so let's j- <laughs> sorry my this hurts my brain why would it if you really want to play like a dragon infinite wealth new game plus uh-huh the good news is just wait three months and you can buy it for $30. <laughs> Probably. Probably true. Probably true. <laughs> so you can, I think that uh, this, I don't like that. Yeah. We shouldn't be paywalling uh, new game plus on games. Yeah. Uh, I, agree. I agree. Especially if there's like more content in the new game plus. Mm, mm-hmm. Cause then you're not buying the full game. Yeah when you buy the game for a seventy dollars <laughs> yeah uh yeah i don't like that who does who does like a dragon is that sega no oh, it's it's sega really come on it's sega is yeah. better than that <laughs> so yeah okay that's a bummer so uh yeah it is it's just so weird like i think that's the, i think that's the first instance of that happening i i'm, I'm wondering if other people are going to start doing mm. this that's my big thing i wonder if this is the first foray into into this because i'm a big i'm someone who's like you know deluxe editions of games or collector's editions of games that are like oh spend an extra ten dollars and get like these skins in this unlock early like that stuff i don't really care about because i'm like whatever like fine you know it means that i can still buy the game at the price i was going to but you're gonna make more money overall cool but it does seem i don't know this just feels weird and i think it's because it's something that typically had been always available to everyone suddenly isn't available to everyone i think that's why it feels so weird yeah so we'll see if this trend continues or if the people being upset about it is enough to uh, prevent this from <laughs> happening in the future. Um, yeah, it's always random. If the people get, yeah. insu- get upset enough, you just never know now what's going to happen. Right. But will enough people pay the extra money? So even the, so the people who complain don't, but then the other people who don't care just buy it. So they're like, well, some people complain, but we still wait way more. So who cares? Right. Or they could double down and they'll be like... We heard what you're saying, and now we're adding a new ending and changing the price to $95. <laughs> and you can't experience the true ending unless you beat it on New Game Plus. Uh, Josh, you know, one of the games that we talked about uh, earlier is, uh, I don't think, probably on either of our radars. Uh, but are you going to play Skull and Bones when it comes out in a few weeks? <laughs> so... I know there's an open beta this... Oh, it was this weekend. Never yeah, I think it was this past weekend. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was considering it. Uh, I was, I'm was. i on the fence on Suicide Squad. Because that's out for... Again, if you spend extra money, that's out tomorrow. Oh, uh, no. I, won't, I probably... I definitely won't spend extra money. I'm not saying you should. Money, I'm just saying, yeah. For the if, fancy edition, is out the, yeah, early tomorrow. Yeah, I'm on the fence on Suicide Squad. I'm not thrilled about hearing that they're like holding review withholding review copies from reviewers so it's not never a good sign for a game um 
and that's regular release day is February 2nd. And yep. then Helldivers 2 is February 8th. Yeah. So Skull and Bones was February 16th, but Banishers is a game I am getting, and that's coming out on February 13th. So I just think that there'll be too many games for me to even consider putting Skull and Bones ahead of any of them. And I might still be in my funk, which is yeah, another problem. That is true. Man, February is like bonkers it's for games. A busy month. <laughs> so, so, so busy. Like, man, I just don't even, yeah, I don't know. So many things coming out. It's just bonkers. I like literally I saw a YouTube video for Skull and Bones and they're like, oh, yeah, remember, it's coming out February 16th. I was like, how did I forget that game is coming out February 16th? Like, <laughs> because it's had so many release dates. <laughs> it has had so many release dates. But yeah, man, February is a heck of a month. Uh, where, what do you think the chances are you're going to pick up Suicide Squad, kill the Justice League? Now, let me be clear. I'm really indifferent on this. Like, I I, I am not asking because like, I'm definitely not, would not I'm not going to buy it. Yeah, but like, like where, where, where are you? Are you like 30 percent, thirty percent that you're that you're gonna get it? Yeah. Okay. It so could I'm change actually, based on reviews. It could change. Gotcha. I'm actually really excited to play Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, which, like I said, unlocks in like an hour and a half for me. Nice. Um, I'm I'm actually really looking forward to that. But then, yeah, I'm feeling very JRPG or RPG in general lately. Like that's what I've. I think that's why I haven't really played too much lately, is because I've just been waiting for this game to come out. So, yeah. Um, and you know, Game of the Year Foam Stars comes out February sixth on PlayStation Plus. Let's go! Which Great. the fact that they're releasing that right next to Helldivers too, like, come on. Yeah, bury it. Uh, <laughs> I feel like maybe PlayStation doesn't feel very confident about Helldivers too. It definitely, it's not Foam Stars. It's Helldivers. <laughs> <laughs> well. You know, who knows? Who knows? Sure. I hate when I played the beta for Foam Stars, it was fun. I don't know. I, I remember you telling me. I can't yeah, it forget was, it. It was fun. <laughs> and especially since it's coming to PlayStation Plus, like, yeah. I'll try it again. We'll see. So cool. All right, Josh. Uh, let's go ahead and move towards wrapping the show up. Uh, obviously, we're a gaming podcast as we just rambled on for two hours about games, uh, but we want to give you a recommendation, suggestion, or some other thing that we're currently into that is helping us live that well-rounded life. Josh, what is your recommendation for our listeners? All right, I got two. Uh, this time, Tacoma FD is a show I could never watch because it was on True TV. It's on Netflix. This is The Broken Lizard Guys. Uh, it is about a fire department in Tacoma. And if you like Super Troopers, I almost said Starship Troopers, totally different. Uh, if you like Super Troopers, Club Dread, um, all that Broken Lizard stuff, uh, it's pretty funny sitcom uh, from True TV. So it plays pretty cheesy at points, but um, it's a fun watch, especially like if you're doing something. Uh, also, like you want something on in the background, uh, it's pretty good. Pretty funny show. Uh, and then on the opposite spectrum, uh, Echo on Disney Plus. Uh, really good. Short, which I like. This is this their Marvel Showcase series. So you get, you're in and out. I think it's six episodes, right? And uh, if you like Kingpin, you're going to get some more good Kingpin stuff. If you like uh, Native American culture, there's some really good Native American culture stuff in there. 
Um, the action's good. Storytelling's great. Uh, reminds me of the Netflix Marvel shows. So they're really like gearing themselves up for some more violence when the new Daredevil comes out. Um, so check it out if you like it. You don't need to. It's not very superhero-y because she isn't a superhero per se. So it's more grounded like a Jess, uh, Jessica Jones kind of thing. So if you're into that stuff, check it out. I really enjoyed uh, all of uh, the last episode. I didn't love a certain part, but overall, I really liked the whole show. Awesome. All right. So that is Tacoma FD on Netflix and Echo on Disney+. Plus. Uh, Josh, my recommendation is two things, but it's two of kind of the same thing. More of yeah. like a series. Uh, that is Extraction and Extraction 2 on Netflix. Josh, did you watch the Extraction movies? I didn't. I really want to watch them, but I haven't seen them yet. So I'm going to be honest. When Extraction first came out back in like 2020 or whenever that movie came out, yeah. um, I wrote it off as this really like bad Netflix action movie. I was like, there's yeah. no chance this movie's good. You know, it ha- it does have um, Chris Hemsworth in it. It is written by Joe Russo, um, directed by Sam Hargrave. So, you know, there's some names there. Um, Sam Hargrave, the director, is actually most known for his being a stunt coordinator. Uh, but. I was like, whatever, Chris Hemsworth action movie, really, whatever, don't need it. Uh, And then Extraction 2 came out this year, and I was like, well, I don't need the second one of this, like, bad Netflix (laughs) action movie, so that's fine. And then I was listening to a podcast, and they talked about Extraction 2 being on, like, their honorable mentions for movies of the year. And I was like, wait, what? Really? So then I was like, okay. So then I went back and watched Extraction. Josh? These movies are awesome. <laughs> That's good. They're to hear. really, really good action movies. Like, I don't want to say it's like the poor man's John Wick, but if you like John Wick, like the type of action that it is is yeah. very like close quarter, hand to hand combat, like fighting with like both punching and guns, like all it like it is really cool and it is not just like you know, copy and paste of like other action scenes that you've seen before. Like there are some things that you're like, Oh, I've kind of seen something like this, but they do some unique stuff. They do some different stuff. And these movies clip along, like literally like eight minutes into the first movie, you're like in this huge action scene already. And then like, I I got to one point, I was like, Oh my gosh, like there's just so much action. This movie must almost be over. And I was like 40 minutes in and I was like, there's like another hour and 10 minutes of this. (laughs) Like they are really great action movies. The, stories pretty paper thin but the action is exceptionally well done overall so if you like good action movies they are they're on the same similar from a violence perspective as the john wick movies like there is a reasonable amount of violence in them uh as far as that goes but honestly chris hemsworth i don't know how much of his own stuff that he does but he's impressive with the way he's able to control his body and the way he's able to move and the things he's able to do i highly recommend checking these out i had completely written them off uh but if you're looking for a good action movie flick i definitely recommend extraction and extraction 2 i will say though it is important to watch the first one before the second one that makes sense (laughs) so make sure you do that but with all that being said josh what do you say we wrap this show up Let's do it. Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on X and Instagram and threads at Board with VG, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with VG. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, uh, please feel free to send us an email at Board with VG at gmail.com. Uh, we try to tag our stuff when we do post 
with hashtag Border3G. So please do that as well so we can search and see what you're up to. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone Board with Video Games feed. Uh, you can find me on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, Steam, and Why So Serious? That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, and technically Threads now, too, even though I've never done anything on it. Um, <laughs> all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics or guests, be sure to reach out to us on social media or email because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.